This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. What's up? Jason Tatum here. Ball up wherever you are with NBA 2K Mobile. Playing game events to collect NBA legends and rising stars to assemble your dream team and settle things on the court. Download NBA 2K Mobile now on the App Store and Google Play. Hello and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Pick Aside Podcast. My name is Joel Moran and I'm here with Andrew Velez, River Brown, and John Tortelli. This is now episode 142. In this episode, we are going to make our all-star starters and reserve selections while also talking about potential snubs that may happen. We want to give a quick Patreon shout out to Greg, Cole, On Bloods, Cuh, Liam, T Grove, B Money, Ryan, Epic Lankiness, Travis Ball, Aaron Moran, Matthew Jimenez, It's Black Ace, Anthony, BJ, PJs, Mario, Langston, Jazzy, Juice, Johannes, Ruben, Brian, Ricky, E, Enzo, Sean Solis, Sean Muffins, John, Sean Triplett, Court Cousins, Ben Mack, P. Dot, George, Hakari, Mateen, Dave Two Freedom, and Jay. Aqua. Good old Jay Aqua, Blood man. Yeah, yes. Crazy for that. We He's we have gained a lot of patrons over the last day. Ever since Drew made that made that uh shout out, made Max. the statement about it, it. We're just giving you guys till New Year's to join our Discord. Our Discord right now is free, but after the first, you guys got to be on our Patreon to be in a Discord. But yeah, I want to give a shout out to the ones that recently subscribed to our Patreon. Definitely. Greg, definitely Cole. Sure. On Bloods Cuh, <laughs> Liam Williams, T Grove, B Money, and Ryan Barcelona. Thank you guys so much for supporting uh, in that way through Patreon. Those donations go a long way. And for those of you watching right now, somebody brand new is on the show, John Tortelli. This is his first time on the show, but this is not his first time working with us. Pick aside, he's been editing along this entire journey. He's been uh, posting the segments on YouTube and stuff, and now he's on the show, and he is very knowledgeable Extremely. about basketball. He has his own YouTube channel, he's on TikTok, so he knows what he's talking about. Thank you boys for having me. I appreciate it. You already know. Pleasure to be on here. <laughs> We're going to make this show about all-stars, all-star starters, reserves, snubs. We're going to talk about all of that. It shouldn't be a, a, a crazy long show, maybe a little, maybe above two hours, then we'll answer some Patreon questions after. So let's start. The Eastern Conference starters. You got two. You got two ways of selecting this, right? Guards, front court. So, give me your two guards for the Eastern Conference and why you're selecting them. I'm gonna start with you, Riv. All right. So, my point guard, obviously, it has to go with Trey Young. You know, I feel like he's been the best point guard in the East. He's been the top five point guard in the league just this year alone. I feel like him putting the team Atlanta on his back with all the injuries and COVID they've dealt with, him still performing, averaging the double double. He's been incredible, so I feel like he has the point guard spot on lock. For the two spot, honestly, my mind just changed after I just seen a one-foot game winner. I got to put DeMar DeRozan. Over Levine? I, I got to put DeMar. I DeMar has been the best player for the Bulls. I feel like Levine has been the 1B, but DeMar 
in the fourth quarter. He's done it for us this whole year. He's been efficient. He's been phenomenal as a scorer. So this year, I got to put him at that two spot. Harden, he can definitely have that debate, but Harden has his slumps this year. I feel like DeMar has just been the more consistent player. So Trey Young and DeMar is my backcourt. This is tough. There's some good players, but I'm taking what I think is going to happen because I know fan vote takes a big part of who's going to start in this All-Star game. I think James Harden's probably going to be one of those starters. He has one of the biggest fan bases in the NBA. You want to look at the biggest James Harden fan probably in the United States of America. You're looking at him with Joel Moran. He hasn't had the most efficient season, but I've been enlightened to effective field goal percentage. (laughs) And he's shooting almost about 50% from effective field goal percentage. That's pretty solid. 22 points per game, which is a little bit less than what we're, we're accustomed to from James Harden. But he's not the alpha dog on his team right now. Kevin Durant is the primary scorer. And... He's being asked to do other things, facilitating the basketball, which he always does. He's averaging around nine assists, rebounds. He's averaging about eight rebounds a game. So I do think, given the fact that his numbers still are relatively solid compared to what what we've expected from Harden, he's taking a notch up in assists. He's taking a notch up in rebounds. He's just taking a dip in points because he's catering to his teammates. Now, the two-guard, for me personally— It's between DeMar and Zach Levine. I think I might lean Zach Levine right now because his efficiency is something that I have to marvel at. 50% from the field, over 40% from three, averaging 26 points per game. The Bulls are just a different revamped team. And Credit to DeMar DeRozan 100% because DeMar DeRozan's points per game is similar to Levine's. His efficiency just isn't what Levine's is right now. And I think Levine is more exciting to watch. Personally, I think fans will lean that way. I've got Trey Young. I mean, it's pretty simple. <laughs> Offensively this year, he's been freaking Phenomenal. awesome. Phenomenal. And then you look at the Hawks. They're, and not, not their Clay Thompson, but they're Wiggins, DeAndre Hunter, been hurt this year. It's like for Trey Young, their defense hasn't been good, but it's like all these guys are injured. He's been doing his part offensively. He's been phenomenal on that end. Their defense, though, has really held them back. That's why the Hawks right now are not in the playoff picture. If those guys are healthy, the Hawks will easily be a playoff team. So I think Trey Young should be a no-brainer. Like, he's doing his, uh, his job. The playmaking is there. Maybe his best season yet. He's been freaking awesome this year. And along with him, I got DeMar DeRozan. It's tough. It's between him and James Harden. But with DeMar this year, I mean, the Nets, they are a little bit better than the Bulls. But with DeMar, it's his best year yet. And it's like fans may lean towards James Harden because, like, the name, popularity, and brand. But DeMar this year has been something else. He's been efficient, and this is his best year yet in years. He's been playing his best defense in a long time for the Bulls. He's been fine this year defensively. Like, he's been bad defensively for a while now. But this year, it's just been good enough. And that, for the Bulls, is the reason why they're a top-two seed right now. They've been awesome this year. So I got tomorrow. Yeah. You make some excellent points. You want to know what? <laughs> That's actually a nice jersey. I forgot to tell you that. I, I appreciate it, man. Shout-out to my boy, Brian. I, I bought a bunch of vintage stuff from him, and he got me this Flaws jersey. Yeah, I also have a, a vintage Giants. No, a vintage Patriots versus Packers Super Bowl sweater okay. that I got too. It's it's so fire. I'm gonna wear it one day on the show. Once I get skinnier, it fits me mad tight right now. <laughs> What's that Meek Mill line with the with the Philadelphia Flyers? I have no. It's clue. on Dreams and Nightmares. I Man, forgot. I was hoping one of you guys would pick me up right there. Okay, look, I, I'm a, let's talk about these starters though. <laughs> I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed at you. What I do? You left out a bull. Zach? You you swap you swap Zach. Listen, this isn't point guard, shooting guard. It's guards. Because of that, I'm going with Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan. 
Okay, mm. I like that. I like that a lot. Regardless of the Bulls hate wow. that people may see may think I have, I don't have Bulls hate. I love. In fact, <laughs> I, I have a bull, I just bought a vintage Bulls shirt. Wow. Championships. It has all the championships on the back of it written oh. out. I was thinking about giving it to you, but it's extra large. I don't know if it fits you. Yeah, no, I'm a medium. Yeah. Twenty six waist, right? <laughs> he does have a t- his ribs waist is snatched, bro. Ribs waist is snatched. I said Joel up for that, bro. Demar and Zach have been the best duo in the NBA this season. DeMar DeRozan shooting 50, 50% from the field, 36% from three. He's averaging 27 points per game. He's having a better season than James Harden. James Harden is is going to be better when the year ends because he now he's just had back-to-back 30-point games, there's no doubt, and he's been better by far throughout the career. It's not even close. Zach Levine, he's averaging 26.3 points, five rebounds, four assists, 50% from the field and 41% from three. He's a freak. Trey Young, yes, yeah, statistically is having a better season than both of these guys. But Atlanta right now, they're a playing team. The Chicago Bulls are the second seed in the Eastern Conference. And I know it. a lot of people don't like doing it nowadays because last year we had Bradley Beal starting in the All-Star game. We don't reward winning. We have to reward winning. And the Bulls are winning. And Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan are two of the main reasons why. I wasn't going to pick James Harden here. You know, I know you guys thought I was. No, nah, I wasn't. Had you, I had I to give you guys you, I had to give you guys a little bit of a of a curveball. That definitely was a curveball. I wasn't expecting to be the only one with Harden. No, this is actually a curveball. I don't I I can't I can't take Trey Young out. I I know and trust me, I know. Zach has been amazing. DeMar has been amazing. But for Trey Young, like 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 he said, the injuries have hit this team hard. You know, COVID has hit this team Very hard true. and Trey has still you know, Trey has still been able offensively, not just with the scoring, but the playmaking has put sure. this team on his back. He's been better than expected. And his defense, trust me, it's horrible. He is one of the worst defenders in the league. But offensively, he's been as good as Zach and DeMar because of the fact that he can playmate and create for others. And his team's been hurt. You're right. And right now, we are currently live for you guys that are listening and or watching. And right now, somebody said, is this live? Let's talk about that buzzer beater, though. <laughs> Yo, that one was crazy. That was crazy. I don't know. No, how DeMar DeRozan gets a lot of, I wouldn't say disrespect, but people don't give him as much praise because his offensive game is pretty limited to within the three-point line. He has taken that step in his game this season, shooting 35% from three-point range. To hit that game winner off one leg, 4-3, for the win, Impressive, regardless of if it's against my how, paces or not. How many guys have we seen <laughs> get better at age 30 or up like this? Like, I don't think he's ever played like this in Toronto. He's, being this good defensively, being able to shoot an average percentage from the three-point line, being Toronto this did play like this, though. I w- On not defense? Like, not like this. This is a little bit different. I, I feel like right when he reached his peak in Toronto, he got traded to San Antonio. Uh, and I feel like that's another reason why I feel like now he's finally in a situation where he feels he has to show the world that he isn't just a, a regular you know, star player in this league. While he was on San Antonio for a few years, his talents, to a degree, kind of got wasted given the fact that San Antonio wasn't a primetime team. Now he's on a primetime team. They don't need the playoffs. But they're not in a, the Bulls position where they're going to contend for a championship potentially. That and that's what I say. I think DeMar DeRozan's taking things personal this year, and he's really elevated his game to the fact where... I'm going to get into this a little bit when we go into my reserves, but he's upped his field goal, his three-point percentage. All of his percentages are up this season and, as opposed to his and career to add on to that, He's never played with a scorer 
like no Zach, way. no way in his life. So that no. takes up that takes you know the weight off your shoulders when you have another guy that can do exactly what you can do, probably a little bit better because Zach can shoot the three ball at an efficient rate. So a guy that can go get a bucket just like you, you know, Zach can go into the mid range game. He can go out and take the three. He can take you to the basket. Somebody who can go bucket for bucket with you that takes so much pressure off you and that helps you. Uh, same thing, not like because Katie and Kyrie are obviously more talented, but them two, you saw it. When KD can go get a bucket, Kyrie can go get a bucket. It just takes the pressure off both guys. So I think that's what helping DeMar give that effort on defense, give that effort in the fourth quarter. You know, Zach is like, all right, the fourth quarter, your time to shine. DeMar, go do your thing. And he rips off 10, 12 points in the fourth quarter, 10, 12 in his third crazy. quarter. Like he just goes in these runs where he's just unstoppable. And then Zach gets the ball. He rips off 10, 12 in a row. So I think that just being with that type of scorer really helps you elevate your game in another way. Before we get on to the front court players, Lil Marco right now in the in the YouTube live stream comments in the chat, he said Riv is mad fine. What do you have to say about that, Riv? <laughs> thank you. Hey, that's it. That's all you can say. Yeah. You say thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank, uh, thank you, Lil Marco. Appreciate that. On to the front court. Said <laughs> 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 it to the perfect person too, man. On to the front court players. I don't know if you guys are going to have the same as me. Should be easy. I thought this was unanimous. Kevin Durant, Absolutely. Giannis, and yep. Joel Embiid. Absolutely. Yep. I don't think we even have to debate that, but let's just talk about each of these players' seasons that they're having. Kevin Durant is, is I think, the MVP frontrunner right now. He's had multiple 50-point games this season. He's averaging 29.7 points per game. You think Nikola Jokic is the frontrunner right now? When Jamal Murray comes back and the Nuggets start to pick it up, it's going to get really interesting. Right now, oh Nuggets... My. Good nuggets goodness. are not there. They don't have the no, wins. He's but when the Nuggets Jokic. start to win games, Jokic, advanced numbers, he has all. All of them. Literally every single one. Zach Lowe is talking about on ESPN. Like, his season, record-breaking. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. It's just one, one question. You think Jamal Murray coming back is going to propel the Joker to where Kevin Durant, Steph, and Giannis are in the rankings to where he can catch them? Well, Jokic no. is third right now, wouldn't no. you say? Or? Third in what? Third in MVP. I'll have him four. LeBron or? What? <laughs> Yo. <laughs> who all right, Jimmy, who do you have there? It was it's Steph, Giannis, and then Kevin okay, Durant. Okay. Those are the three. Because they're having great seasons and they're winning a lot of games, you mm -hmm. know. Especially Steph. So you and have KD. Steph over KD? No, no, no. Oh, that was just it, the way you Steph, said it. Mm -hmm. Giannis. It's KD, Giannis, Steph. I understand. For me. Okay. Jokic this season has gotten better and better defensively. Like oh, yeah, he's of course. Solid. I think individually he's been but you know for the MVP. Exactly. That's so what I'm saying. With Jamal Murray coming back. The Nuggets right now, their team is not good. Without yeah. him on the floor, they are one of the worst teams in the NBA. With him on the floor, near 61 pace, right around that mark. That's how valuable he's been to them. The thing is the wins, obviously. When Jamal Murray comes back, ideally before the end of the regular season, that's only going to help him. Because like right now, it's just like a committee of Will Barton, Monte Morris. And it's like, now Will Barton's hurt. Now so, what? So it's like with Jamal Murray coming back, that's only going to make them better. I think they can become a top four seed by the end of the year. They're hosting like a playoff series. Yeah. When I mean, is Murray supposed to come back, though? You don't know yet. Was, it's really up to whenever he feels ready to come back. They're kind of leaving that door open for him to come back sooner. Um, but yeah, they need him big time. And it's like once he comes back, he's going to be better than what they have. So you can help. Okay. I think Jokic is in the MVP conversation. I think he's top three based on the season he's having. Kevin Durant, the Nets are the first seed in the he Eastern is, Conference. No, he's right? averaging 30. Let me let me get this straight. Right now, Kevin Durant is the MVP because they are the number one seed, right? Okay. Well, that he's also fair. averaging almost 30. His field goal percentage is ridiculous. His three-point percentage is yes. ridiculous. But Jokic this year has been, he's been way know, more valuable than his team. To a degree, but you, you're telling me if you take Kevin Durant off the team completely, 
that they're not going. Well, I guess they have James Harden, so no, 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 they no, could no. stay they, afloat. They, yeah, no, of course they'd, they'd, they'd get afloat, worse, but, but yeah. that's what I'm saying. They'd stay afloat. The Nuggets without Jokic, Katie's like also he said, are the eight worst rebounds, team in the eight, eight, He's six assists. Oh no, he's been unbelievable. But, Joker over Demar. MVP, bro? Are you wait? You're dead ass. I'm dead serious. No, I mean, listen, it. I probably would have Jokic over Demar, but yes. it's a conversation. I think it has. How to, it, it's, it's a conversation. Not a conversation. They're winning. How is it not They're a winning. Conversation? It's not a conversation. They're winning. How is it not a conversation. It's just not. No, stop it. Jokic's season is just way I better. Agree, no, but see, not, see, it's you. Demar Derozan walks into Chicago. They were a 10th seed before. Ah, your boy Lonzo walked in too. No, but you, you don't do that. You can't <laughs> yeah, say that. You, you can't say that. Yo, but you, you can, and that's what I'm saying. No, I'm saying you. But look, 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 Demar gets there. Lonzo obviously comes in. They have. They are instantly become a number one seed. Like we're not just a top two. Seed. We're tied for one. And I'm not saying the Joker isn't having a better individual season. He definitely is. He is without a doubt. He's having the best individual season in the league. But MVP is about winning games. And he, DeMar is top two in the league. He's, he's tied for one after tonight. He'll be tied for number one seed in the league. So I'm just saying, I'm not saying I will put him over, but it has to be a conversation. If winning matters in the MVP race, I agree it has with to that. be. The Nuggets currently sit at the fifth seed. With all the injuries they've had, well, that's incredible. Jokic that is, is doing this with guys on the go. They're signing Devon Reed. All these guys, like they need them. One guy's dropping after another. No Jamal Murray. Aaron Gordon could be out sometimes. Will Barton's out. He's doing this on the fly with these random players, and he's building yep. chemistry with them like that. As soon as they come in, he knows exactly where they are. Offensively, reading the defense. I mean, it's remarkable how good he is offensively. And then defensively this year, he's having his best year I've For ever sure. seen. Without a doubt. Yeah. Without a so doubt. it's like... This is the best center in basketball, the most valuable player to his team. The winning is the one thing that's going to prevent him from going back-to-back. When Jamal Murray comes back, I think they're going to win more games. Again, they're thinly the number five seed right now. I really think with Jamal Murray coming back, What's that's record? what they need. 17-16. That five through nine, ten it's is like, it's it's a lot really, of it's, it's really See, that's the thing. Right one now. to three is about, what, they're like 20 wins, there 22 yeah, wins. They're, they're down the road. They're, yeah. it's Even Memphis is pulling away right now. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. So, like we said, we think KD, Giannis, and Embiid, we all have them starting in the front court. That's pretty easy. Giannis, sure. the best power forward in basketball, coming fresh off a championship. Joel Embiid, second best center in basketball. When he's played, Philly has been good. But he just had a great game last night. Yeah, he just he just did. Beat beating Brooklyn. Yep. You know, waving off KD. That's one of his bigger wins of recent memory. It's not hard to beat Brooklyn. You know. You don't think so? Uh, two and zero. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I got you. On to the reserves now. I picked seven reserves, but I'm aware that I, I think it may be six. Let's start off with the guards. I'm going to name one guard I have in my reserves, and you name yours, and you name yours, and you name yours. So All we're right. each going to go with one reserve each okay. until we finish ours. I think this one has to be Trey Young. Trey Young's the first guy that gets into the All Star game from a reserve spot, averaging 27 and 9. Shooting forty five percent from the field and thirty seven percent from three, the Haw- the Hawks aren't winning, but they've had a lot of injuries. Trey Young has been that once con- consistent, and he's the first guy off the reserves list. Well, reserves list for me. For me, since Trey and Demar started, the first guy off for me is Zach. You know, he Zach. something in that USA team put a switch in his head. He's been better defensively. He's been better as a playmaker. The efficiency's been there since last year, so we knew that wasn't going to really change. And he's just been a different type of player for them this year, being a better leader and has more control of the game. So for me, the first guy is Zach. 100% mine's Trey Young. Trey Young just misses the starting list for me just because I think James Harden has the fans and Zach Levine's having a great season, a a more winning, successful season than what Trey Young's having. But again, that's not Trey Young's fault. He's dealt with a lot. The team has dealt with a lot of injuries. 
to the defense specifically. Now, he's been spectacular, uh, averaging over 27 points a game. His playmaking has been what's been amazing to pair with this scoring as well, averaging almost 10 assists a game on top of almost 30 points. I understand it's 27, but 27 is a high number given the fact he's still facilitating at this high of a clip. His effective field goal percentage, look, you guys put me onto this stat, and it's 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 fair. Shooting over 51% uh, effective field goal percentage, Trang's been spectacular for the Hawks. And I do expect them, once they get healthy, to start climbing up in that that uh, in the standing, excuse me. And it's inevitable. However, as of right now, the only reason I don't have him as a starter is because they haven't been winning. I mean, it's obviously James Harden for me, Kai, tomorrow uh, on there. But, like, his name is going to very easily... I mean, I think he is a great shot at being a starter. Um, but then this year, he's averaging 22 points, nearly triple-double. His playmaking's been awesome. And he's working with Nicholas Claxton and Bruce Brown, like a, a guard in Detroit. So it's very, like, people are going to, obviously, begin the year, they're talking about him not getting the foul line. Now he's getting to the foul line over 10 times a game. Not the full season, but, like, more recently. And he's playmaking so much. It's been awesome for this Brooklyn team. Not awesome in the sense, like, overall, but, like, he's doing his thing in terms of the playmaking. He's been scoring better recently. I think it's only a matter of time before he really turns it on. And then, like, with the fans, like, the beard, your man, he's going to make it. Yeah. The <laughs> next like, player is James Harden. Did you tell him that you're going to the game? Oh, I didn't actually. Facts. Yeah, this Monday I'm gonna go to the uh, Grizzlies versus Nets game. I'm sitting baseline. That is so tough. So basically, bro. like my feet are gonna be touching the court. I'm gonna get there early. I, I hope I meet James Harden. I'm gonna wear my beard. I'm gonna wear the Pick a Side merch. You know what I'm saying? We're gonna we're gonna represent Pick a Side out yo, there. Yo, that's something else we gotta mention. And too. I'm gonna try to. You know, I think I'm gonna be right by where the Nets are warming up. So I'm going to try to get one of these Nets players, maybe Patty Mills. Like, yo, what's good, Patty Mills? Come over here. Even L.A., man. Yeah, L.A. Be like, yo, what's up? Say, pick a side for me right here real quick. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be going. I have James Harden here. He started out off the season really rough, and, and that's why he's not going to start in the All-Star game. But as of recently, he's been on a complete tear. Back when we talked about Harden, if we're worried about him, I said that, look, he's going to be himself by Christmas. And he is himself by Christmas, and now he's going to start going on a tear and he's going to finish off with numbers similar to what we've been seeing these last couple of years. But, man, if there's one thing i got to say about James Harden, man, he gets guys paid. Nicholas Claxton is next in line. He's going to get a big payday because of James Harden. Claxton is very similar to Capella. Capella was a late, round for, was a late first round pick, uh-huh. and he, it took him a couple years to get situated. Once he did... Harden got him paid with all these lobs. I think Claxton Capella isn't a is bum. next up. I'm not saying Claxton is He's not a bum, though. I'm, I'm not Claxton. saying Claxton's a bum. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying that he's not. You said get sol- guys paid and name the one guy. I, yeah. <laughs> P.J. Tucker got paid. Oh, not because of James Harden. I was no. going to say, P.J. Tucker left and went to Milwaukee and was Pat basically the same role. He had the same role Pat that Pat he Bev had got paid because of James Harden? Absolutely. In fairness, he's always talking about like Aaron, Eric Gordon, those those guys as well in Houston. Eric Gordon, Eric Gordon got paid before Houston. Well, I mean, he also got paid twenty two million right before they traded James Harden as well. So that was a fat bag, a little bit too much, but I mean, is what it is. He does get people paid. Now, your next reserve, Riff. James Harden. You know, he he wasn't in my starters. I took him out, put Demar in, but James Harden will make the All Star game. Oh, without a He's doubt. having a season that's better than most All Stars' best seasons. You know, averaging the double double. Like you said, the playmaking has been there. That's been there all year. He's getting his guys open. He's putting guys in position to score. 
Obviously, the efficiency isn't some, it's something you want to see improve, but these last couple games, you see it. He's starting to get it going. He's getting back to the free throw line. So for me, James Harden, to not make an all-star game is just dumb. He's been an all-star type of player this year. He's still one of the top 10, top 15 best players in the league. So I got James Harden in my all-star game. Somebody just asked, I wonder how Joel is feeling about Kirk on the COVID list. I feel like the Viking season is over. That's how I'm feeling like. <laughs> Yo, muffins just went crazy on you. What he said? He said, "Who has worst hair, Riv or KD?" Oh. Yo, I almost spit up my water. Muffins is bald. He's such a good response. Man. <laughs> the nerve of muffins. Yo, honest to God. Yo, perfect response. All right. My next reserve is going to be DeMar DeRozan. There's a strong case for him to be a starter, averaging almost 27 points this season, 4.5 assists, 5 rebounds. But again, his what's been amazing for me is to see his, his percentages be increased from his career averages. Averaging 50.4, his career is 46. Averaging 36.5 from three, his, his career average is 28. And he's not a three-point shooter. So to see him just taking him a little bit more is great to see. His effective field percentage is 52. He's been spectacular. The Bulls are playing winning basketball. S- suddenly, he comes over to the Bulls. I'm not saying that he's the only reason why the Bulls are having success, but he's a huge part of the reason why they're having success. And it's a no-brainer. He will be an all-star. We're talking about front court or just guards? You're like the reserves? Guards right now. Okay, so people are going to like this. I want to put Darius Garland ahead of Zach Levine. Whoa. I want to, but I'm not going to because it wins. But you want to. I want to very badly. Explain why I'm a big to. Darius Garland guy. Over Without Levine, him, though, that's the, I'm not going to. Nah, you can't do I'm, that. I'm, I want to very badly. Listen, I'm a big Garland fan too. But what are you saying? Like, I, without I him, Cleveland's offense is like non-existence. You know how reliant they are. Like when he comes back, no Ricky Rubio, no Colin Sexton, Rajon Rondo. It's going to be. I think Ew. he's going to go on a tear. I'm like looking a little in the future here because I think he's got a high, high, high usage rate with no Ricky Rubio. That's another reason why. And they're also 2015. The record's starting to drop a little bit more with no Rubio now. I'm going to go with Zach Levine, though, but I actually really did think about this one. And Zach Levine, his team's one of the best in the Eastern Conference. He's been great this year. But yeah, I was very close to Garland, but Zach Levine's been so doing you, his thing. you're saying it always what you think could happen down the line is why you put Garland In a way, over. but Garland is so valuable to that Cleveland team. And then defensively, he's been fine for them as well with their front court. Allen is Jared Allen. With him in the, in the pick and roll, I mean, it's so similar to Trey Young and Clint Capella. It's awesome to watch. And the fact he's just in his third year, He's shooting 52% from mid-range, well from three, the pick-and-roll play. He's been just awesome this year for that Cavaliers team. I think you're doing yeah. that because you like Garland, not because he actually has a better season than Levine. When Ricky Rubio is out, though, he's going to have a high, high, high usage rate when he comes back from protocol. Man. I, I agree with that statement because we saw Sexton go out and we saw Garland's play and his amount of touches increase. So I agree with that. That being said... The conversation between Levine, that's where I struggle. I can't. It's Le- close. Le- Levine, it's gonna no, close. it's not. It's no, going to no, be. It's, not it's going to be. It's, it's like maybe end close. of the season, like you could say, like maybe. maybe. Levine is a potential all-star that's starter. starter. Levine's, well, and again. There's the first hot take of the show. That is. That yeah, is my the first score. hot take. Yeah. yeah, there you go. That's Welcome. because of his value. Like DeMar DeRozan this year has been that guy for the Bulls. With Darius Garland offensively, the Cavs are awful without him. Horrible. He's so valuable to that team. He's more valuable to the Cavs than Zach Levine is to the Bulls. But the Bulls fans just said you cannot come back. So (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you what. I think it's going to be close. The only reason why I struggle with that is, again, the efficiency. He's arguably one of the most, if not top three, most efficient players in the NBA. 50% over 40% from three. His, his, His free throw shooting is almost at 85%. 
He's averaging almost 27 points a game. Garland's having a fantastic season. It's a great breakout season for him. But he's not playing on the level as Levine right now. But, well, if, but what he's saying is... No, I understand for sure think, that it'll get there. Yeah, but it's a good are, point. Do, do we think Garland's going from... What does he have right now? 18 points per game? 19 20 points? And seven. Do we think it'll get to 26? No. Nah, maybe I see like maybe 21, 22. And that, do we think he's going to be a, the end a of the 50, year, 40, though. 85 type player? He can be. He can be. He's efficient he now. Definitely. It's going to be tough, but I understand the, I understand the sentiment. I just don't. He is in the line. The player is tough. He is in line for some big I thought he's a year up. away. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Fair. No, I'm saying Garland that. has such a high ceiling, and I that is unarguable. He's going to have some big games. He's going to have just some huge Just to Levine games. is... That's why I, I think he's really when he comes back from protocol gonna have some big games. Like Chicago's market is a lot bigger than Cleveland, so naturally he's gonna get more votes. But I think in terms of value to his team, I mean Garland is really I agree close. with you value wise, but who's been better? I Zach Levine has. Zach. But yeah. I again, like Cleveland's next point guard is Kevin Pongos. Then Denzel Valentine is going to be before Rajon Rondo. Well. <laughs> so like the value of Darius Garland is so yeah. extreme. And for this Cavaliers team, they're not a player like of course. Evan Mobley been, been fantastic. Jared Allen been awesome this year. But if it weren't for Darius Garland, would Jared Allen be in all-star conversations? No, he would not be. Mm. So offensively, I mean, he's he has been... Harden, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he would be, yeah. Kevin Love's been good too, though. Yeah, yes. I mean, you need a playmaker to set a guy like Kevin Love up. So Okay, that's fair. Now, see, that's been Rubio, though. though. Yeah. Off the bench. Yeah, but when Rubio is out these next few weeks, lean up to the all-star game, it's going to be more of Garland. My next, my next guard pick... Is Lamelo Ball? It could have been Darius Garland. It could have been either or. Lamelo is averaging twenty eight and eight. He's leading the Hornets in points, rebounds, assists, and steals. I mean, he's doing everything for the Charlotte Hornets right now. And naturally, he's going to get in the All Star game because he's the most popular player of any of the guys that we've been talking about. Demar, Levine, Garland, him and Trey are neck and neck. Literally, he's even more likable and popular, I would say, than James Harden. Like Lamelo Ball is a household superstar name. He's been efficient from the three. He's taken a lot of threes this year. That's why his field goal percentage is, is a bit lower than you'd like to see. He's at 43% around there right now. But LaMelo Ball, I think he's easily an all-star this season, and I have him in the game. So actually, my next guy was Darius Garland. And, you know, for him, for me, him and LaMelo are neck and neck. I think... What puts me over for Darius Garland is obviously the efficiency and the fact that he doesn't have another guy or two guys that can create their own offense like LaMelo has. You know, LaMelo has Gordon Haywood, Terry Rozier, Darius Garland, like like he said, he kind of does most of the bulk of the work for that offense. And then when he comes off, obviously Rubio does it. But for Darius Garland, he has to be that guy almost every night because this offense is very reliant on Darius Garland. And for the seasons, they're having a similar statistical season. You know, Darius Garland averaging 27, 20.7 assists. He's shooting 48% from the field, 38% from the three-point line, and 91% from the free throw line. He's efficient. He's improved as a playmaker. He's, deep, he's improved on defense. He's improved as a scorer, a decision maker. He's improved in all facets of the game. So I, for me, I would lean just more towards Garland because of the responsibility and the fact that he's winning more. You know, See, he he has his team as a danger. Cleveland is a dangerous team in part because of Darius Garland's jump, and they've been beating a lot of good teams. So for me, it's Garland. You don't think Lamelo carries a similar responsibility? I don't. Think, that's what I. That's the from the one. Like I agree with your points. It's the responsibility aspect. I don't think scoring wise. No, I don't think he has to. I don't think so. I think with Miles Bridges taking that leap into a 20 points per game score, I think Terry Rozier being that guy, that go-to guy in the fourth of them, I think Gordon Hayward being there, he can also play, make, and score. I don't think he 
necessarily has to. He's going to get the counting numbers because he's just that great. But I don't think he necessarily has to be good or great every night. I think Garland has to be at least good to great every night because he's re- they're relying on him. I understand that, but these Cavaliers players, a, a bunch of them are playing where we have Jared Allen shooting over 70% from the field. Again, he's a center, so that's going to be high. You have Evan Mobley, who's been efficient. You have Kevin Love, who of recent has been emerging on the scene as a, the Kevin Love, not the full Kevin Love that we were seeing in, in the past, but he's been averaging 20 points per game over these last 10 games. He's been spectacular. Yep. So I wouldn't say that it's just Garland and it's re- he like solely relies on him, given the fact that for, for Lamelo. He leads his team in points. He leads his team in almost every category outside of blocks. So in terms of responsibility, LaMelo does everything in that sense. He takes everything outside of blocks, and he leads his team in that sense. And I feel like what it will ultimately come down to is popularity. You just named all big men. For the most part, big men need a— But Kevin Love has an outside but game. big men need a great guard to— Score a lot of points Not for the most part. I, bigs like this, they, see, but, they need that. But for, I think Mobley, we can agree that he has the talent rookie, that he though. doesn't need it. Exactly. But he's showing it early. But look what you're relying on. A rookie in terms of a guy like Terry Rozier, a guy like Gordon Hayward. These are veterans. Miles these are Bridges. Guys, but Miles these Bridges are guys the that are benefiting jump. off LaMelo's ability to play make. Hayward is benefiting off LaMelo. I agree with that. 100%. Terry Rozier. Terry Rozier. Mm, I struggle with that to a degree. Mostly Miles Bridges, though. Okay, that's fair. That's fair to say. But with Garland, it's Allen. They run a three-big lineup. Laurie. Because they have the personnel, Allen, the talent. Yeah. Mobley. They don't have many guys. that Like, Colin Sexton went down, and they got better. They did. You know, that, that was his his other go-to scorer. You know what I'm saying? LaMelo, Rozier, and Hayward, those are three guys that can not only go get a bucket, but create for others. You can't name four guys on Cleveland that can do that. I just named you three on Charlotte alone. Isaac Curl can't do that. He I know he cannot. He's a defender. That's a guy who's he's a liability in offense, but a great defender. He so is a great defender. That's that's a guy in their lineup. Laurie Marketing, he's a seven footer, but he can't go create for others. He's more really of a spot up shooter. Mobley's a rookie. Granted, he's been great, but he's a rookie. Jared but, Allen, we know what he's gonna do. But you were talking about scoring earlier on. Now we're saying passing and I agree with that. He's the best passer on the team for sure. But I'm saying in terms of the response if his one Well Garland's been more efficient than Lamelo. Again, listen, you guys put me on. Effective field goal percentage. He has over 51%. He's shooting shooting almost 40%. Garland is a mid-range master. He is. Over 50%. I know it's a small sample, but that is awesome. And and Lamelo's shooting almost 40% from three. So, I mean... It, it's so is tough. Garland, it's tough. No, for sure. Listen, Garland's very efficient. I'm not saying that he's not. I'm just saying in the sense of where the responsibility aspect of what Riv was saying for scoring, I would agree if you'd said passing, for sure. Because that is 100% true. Because there's a bunch of people on... The Hornets right now who can facilitate the basketball. In terms of scoring, I just push back a little bit. But again, in terms of who I think will get the spot, you alluded to it. He's one of the most popular players in the NBA. Well, the bench is um, coach's pick. A little bit of both, but yes. Voting has nothing to a do with A little bit of both. Really? Mm-hmm. I thought it was just a coach's pick. I think it might be just coach's pick. Coach's For pick. reserves, really? Yeah, reserve. yeah, coach's pick the we reserves. Just, you, you can vote all-stars right now, but it's just the starters. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Coach's pick the reserves. So it has nothing right, to do so with then, popularity. Listen, then I, that's, pretty, that's a fair assessment then. then. If that's the case, I'd give Garland a, a much stronger chance than I was originally giving him. But I still would lean LaMelo. I still would personally. So that's your next guy up. Yeah, that's that's um that's why we got into this debate because I chose. Are Mello. you finished with your guards? Yeah, that's basically my guard. So basically, Darius Garland does not make the All Star game for you. Unfortunately, he cannot. Okay. I have one more guard. Okay, he's and my you, big, he's my biggest. Well, snub. I got Zach Levine next. Or, no, sorry, last... sorry, sorry, Darius Garland. I had Zach Levine okay. first. And is that your me. last guard? No, I okay. also have. Can I say now? Yeah. Okay. 
I'm forgetting somebody. I have a fourth guard. Lamelo? <laughs> did you pick Lamelo? Yeah, yeah Lamelo. Sorry, sorry. Okay, yeah, so yeah. you have. Did you start Trey Young or James Harden? Trey Young. Okay, and then tomorrow. So you yeah. have Levine, Harden, Lamelo, and Garland as your guards. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have one more person. Do you have one more person? No, I'm done. Well, Garland was my fourth person. We basically all said Garland. So, okay, so I might as well just say the rest. And for my starters, I had Trey and DeMar, and then my reserve guards, I had Zach Harden, Darius, and I have LaMelo making the All-Star Oh, game. tough. Yeah, so okay, so we all have pretty this, this, uh, a similar list. Mm-hmm. So on to the front court. Now, I, I think we kind of messed up a little bit beginning this because – I think it's just better if we just all say our guys from the get-go. Yeah. I feel like we're fine. Who do, Oh, in terms of like yeah, yeah, everyone yeah, yeah. saying yeah, yeah, everything yeah, yeah. similarly yeah, yeah, out of order? Yeah. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Yeah. So, Riff, front court, who do you have? So, you want me to just start over and say everybody? Just everybody you have. So, for and my why front do you court, Katie, no explanation necessary. No, reserves, I mean. Okay, reserves. Yeah. Jared Allen. He, he has to get in. I mean, he's been nothing short of amazing. You know, granted, it looks like he's playing the, the same role, but... Darius Garland has helped his game improve so much. And then defensively, he's been one of the – him and Mobley have been the twin towers for this team, and they've been incredible. His defense has been amazing. His offense has improved a little bit. So, for me, I got Jared Allen. Jimmy Butler, obviously. Jimmy Butler has to make the team for me. I feel like he's – he's like you said with LaMelo, he does everything for the Miami Heat, playmake, defend, rebound, score, He's been defense. Yeah, like injury, injuries have hit him, but Jimmy's going to get in. You know, he's been nothing short of amazing when he's played. And then my final guy is uh, Jason Tatum. You know, I think Jason Tatum's going to get in. Jason Tatum has the counting numbers. Jason Tatum, he's been inconsistent for the most part. But Boston, you know, new new coach, team hasn't been – they've been in and out of the lineup for both guys, so it's been tough. But Jason Tatum, I feel like he still deserves to get in because he's still one of the best players in the East. I have the exact same three. Jason Tatum, it's impossible to leave him off the All-Star team. He started the season off a little bit shaky, but he's cooked up ever since. One of the league leaders in scoring, averaging almost 26 points per game. Jimmy Butler's my next guy. You want to talk about a guy who legitimately can do everything for, for a ball club and how essential he is to a ball club. That's Jimmy Butler. Even though, I mean, to a degree, that's not necessarily a fact because we saw him go out. We saw a bunch of pieces from Miami go out, and they still had continued success. So, But we see what happens when he's in the lineup. These last two games, he comes he comes back. You have one game where he has a, a double-double with points, uh, points and rebounds. The next game, he comes back. He has a double-double with points and assists, and he has almost 15 assists. Jimmy Butler's just capable of doing that on a night in night night in night in night out basis. He's stuck he's stuck he's stuffed, excuse me, stuffs the statue. And in terms of defense, he's one of the best defenders at the forward position. Jimmy Butler's a no brenner. And then you got Jared Allen. Now Jared Allen has to get in, given the fact that the Cavaliers are exceeding every single analyst's expectations of them. You, you look at us, not a single one of us had the Cavaliers being anything better than the bottom three seed of the Eastern Conference. And that's just the fact that they were a young organization. That's really no disrespect to the roster. We all had their ceiling as being a playing team. We thought that they had the personnel capable of making a run like that, but we didn't see this. Jared Allen's been key for that defensively. He and Evan Mobley have been the anchor of that front court. He's averaging almost 17 points a game. Again, like I mentioned, his field goal percentage is over 70%. But as a, as a center, you expect something like that. But he's been incredibly efficient. And defensively, he has been unbelievable this year. I believe he's third in defensive rating this season. He's been spectacular and needs an needs a all-star appearance. The first two you really can't disagree with. And Tatum and Butler. Butler, obviously, top top four team. The Heat are doing their thing. He's been out, but sure, like he's a defensive star. He's got to make it. Jason Tatum, the Celtics, are very much struggling right now. But I mean, like, Jason Tatum, the only other competition to that would be, like, Evan Mobley and Jared Allen. 
And with Allen, just putting up better numbers this year in the Mobley. Mobley connects everything to get defensively. He allows that. He kind of plays that Giannis role defensively where he's just roaming all over, and he synchronizes the offense on the perimeter and the interior, and he's a great passer for a big man. No one really sees that in the, in the stats, but like Mobley's awesome. But again, with Allen, he's been so this awesome for them this year defensively with the rim protection. Then offensively, he's having his best year yet. 17 points per game, 10 rebounds. He's putting up three more points, two more rebounds than Mobley. Those numbers kind of put him over the top. Really quick, though, did you guys see that Mobley, Dr. J reverse, yes. George Gervin reverse? Like, that dude, how? How is he that big and that athletic, that ability to stay in the air that long and, and finish like that? That play was crazy. He finished the game strong. Yo, for, for real, though. Yeah. That was crazy. Evan Mobley, is a, he's a unicorn. He's phenomenal. That's crazy. We basically have the exact same reserve list. Tatum, Butler, Allen... I have Trey Harden, Lamelo, Garland, starters like here. My my Eastern Conference All Stars here it is: Zach Levine, DeRozan, Durant, Giannis, Embiid, Trey Young, James Harden, Lamelo, Garland, Tatum, Butler, and Jared Allen. I think the only difference that all of us have is that I don't have Garland. That's really the only difference. And, who and you, it's because you picked six, not seven. Yes. Yeah. Because that's what it's supposed to be, right? Six. I think I think it's six or seven. I'm not sure. I thought it was seven. Yeah, I thought it was yeah. seven too. Right, yeah. Look, yeah. Garland would be my seventh guy for sure. I mean, yeah. what he's been doing, we've alluded to it a trillion times already in this show. The fact that we saw Sexton go out and we we wanted Garland to get more opportunity originally without Sexton being injured. It just so happened to take Sexton being hurt for him to see this opportunity. And he sees it like all of us expected. Snubs. Yes, snubs. And Garland would have been my number one snub if I didn't have the one spot for sure. So getting into snubs, we named our all-stars. Yeah. So that means people had to get snubbed. I don't know about you guys, but these are the most noteworthy guys that got snubbed for me. Jalen Brown, Bradley Beal, yep. Fred Van Vliet. I know that's an interesting name, but if you look at the impact he has on Toronto this year when he's on the court, it's huge. He's averaging 20 points, seven assists, shooting 43% from the field and 40% from three. You're a guy. DeMontis Sabonis, who he was a stump we for me talked also. about was, was a star. Outside the box. Bam Adebayo. The, yeah, I, I did that because he, he's injured, though. Yeah. Did any of you 10? guys have Drew Holiday? No. No. So when Chris Middleton goes down, Giannis missed a, game, missed a couple games with COVID. That was like six games. Drew Holiday, but Drew Holiday... Picked up the slack for them was incredible in that span. I mean, His effective field percentage was fifty five percent. I think he's been good, but I don't think he has a case against anybody. Oh, and team. I agree. I think that they all the like, guys that we named are all definitive. Yeah, like with, with Bradley yeah. Bill, I think he has a case. Ah, Jalen Brown, he has a case. You know, I, I to, think to a degree, I don't think Drew Bra- does. Drew, Drew is interesting. He's averaging almost seventeen points a game. He has almost almost six assists, averaging a, a point, a steal he, and a half. Beal and JB are at twenty four and six. But JB has missed a lot of a lot of the True. season. Who Drew Holiday has played thirty games. Who deserves to get into the All Star game more, Drew Holiday or Lonzo Ball? Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday. Okay. I know. I just want to ask you that. You're a hater. I just want to ask you guys. <laughs> your, your Lonzo hate is ridiculous. That was a subtle hate. Yeah, that was like, subtle. It's like a, it's like I'm a just jab. asking you guys. And then Miles Bridges is another one that he's not going well, to... Tyler Hero. We didn't mention Tyler Hero. Yeah, Tyler that, that's Hero another snub for me yeah, personally. Yeah. Um, we, we spoke about it on the last show that we had, whether it be Garland, LaMelo, or Tyler Hero. And I think out of the three, I do believe Tyler does have the least case to make it. But offensively, he has been phenomenal, has taken a huge stride in his offensive game this year. Definitely 
I wouldn't. He, he deserves to be an All Star. Just unfortunately, will not be. There's too many players right now for so him to make it. My snubs: Brown, Beal, Van Vliet, Sabonis, and Adebayo. I like that. Do you guys differ on any of that? Um, I just didn't have Van Vliet. You know, I, I thought about it, but I just felt like he wasn't going to get in because he's playing in Toronto. He wasn't going to get the recognition. He's been playing at an All Star level though. But my three was Beal, Bam, and JB. That was my three. I have Beal. I didn't have JB. I feel like he missed too many games. Uh, I have Drew Holiday, and then I had Darius Garland. I have the same exact thing as Riff. Bradley Beal, Jalen Brown, Bam Adebayo. And Bam, it's like the injuries. Otherwise, yeah. he wouldn't have made it over Jared. Yeah, I think yeah. Bam is doing exactly what Jared has done, but just he's they're winning more, obviously. He's just been hurt a lot. That's yeah. all that's been. I don't know why people think Bradley Beal oh, and Jalen Brown isn't a debate. No, I, it should be that Jalen Brown's better. Jalen Brown is better. It Jalen Brown it is took, better. It took okay, I'm Beal, glad we all agree. It took Beal until his fifth season in the NBA to average 20-plus points per game, and that was until, like, you know, John Wall was, was injured and he had to really step up. But this year, Jalen Brown is averaging around the same points as Beal. He's averaging more rebounds. Beal is averaging more assists. But Brown has been more efficient than Beal. Beal is shooting 29% from three this year. And his and field goal percentage is not that good either. But Jalen Brown, you know, if you've been watching him play, he's improved a lot. He has a different type of twitch to his game this year. Granted, he hasn't played a lot, but his one-on-one game has improved. His arsenal moves have opened up. You know, he just he looks a little bit more comfortable. I just wish he's been more healthy, honestly. Outside of these last two games where Jalen Brown has struggled, basically every single game that he's played in, he's been arguably the the Celtics' best player. As good as Tatum's been, I think you take offense and defense into account. It is more of a debate than just you blindly just take Tatum because he averages almost 27 points a game. The fact that JB can average 24 or 26 points per game and still be this lockup defender that he is, I think that that should bring a little bit more conversation or shed a little bit more light on that JB Tatum debate. Okay, and before we go on to our Western Conference All-Star Starters, a quick shout-out to DraftKings. You can use promo code TBPN. To on DraftKings and you'll get a you'll use that as your promo code and get some nice exclusive deals. Hockey fans, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has a no-brainer offer that'll make you a winner once any shot gets past the goalie. New customers can bet just one dollar on any NHL game and win a hundred dollars in free bets if either team scores. The NHL got rid of ties in 2005, so you know someone is gonna light the lamp. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet. No worries. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Hockey Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Throw down $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. That's promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Now, before we go on to the Western Conference. Right, 180. 180, yeah, I know. I'm trying to get to 200. <laughs> I'm about to post it on my IG. Now that we have finished the Eastern Conference uh, starters, let's interact with the YouTube okay. chat real quick. Before we do that, let's announce the Pick Aside merch. Okay. I wanted yes. to do that. We actually just set up our Pick Aside website. It's pickasidepodcast.com. There you'll get access to our episodes if you already don't know where they are. Apple Music, or excuse me, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. But if you if you interact with us on the pickasidepodcast.com, you will see our episodes there. You'll also see our brand new shop right there in the middle. You'll see we have three new t-shirts available. I believe it's gray, black, and white. 
The white shirt is extremely clean, in my opinion. I think that's going to be the one that gets off the shelf more so than any other one. But I think all three of them look fantastic. $25 a piece. You guys take a look at them if you guys are interested. It's going to be a limited number. I think we're going to drop some hoodies after. But once the shirts are gone, I don't know if those are going to make a return. So get in while you can. The shirts look really good. You Give us some feedback if you like them. If you want any type of specific design, we'll take all your, your designer input into account. But... Take a, take a look at that. Pickaside.com. The, the the shop is dead center in the middle. The shirts look really clean. Yeah, and I just I just want to say this, man, because we launched a Patreon earlier this year. We're at 32 Patrons right now. It might be a bit more. We're launching merch. We got the DraftKings thing. YouTube has been going crazy this year. We have like over 100,000 views this month alone, which is just unbelievable. TikTok is almost at 80,000. And this couldn't have been done without all you guys. Like, this is happening because of you guys. We get to talk about sports and interact with you guys. So any input you have on how we can make our show better, our merch better, our Patreon better, we're all ears for it. Because at the end of the day, we're making content for you guys. Of course, we enjoy doing this 100%, but this is for your entertainment. So you let us know how we're doing, and we'll always listen to feedback. You were about to say something, Riv? <laughs> um yeah sure um you know i'm not really one to get into the sentimental stuff but um just want to say thank you guys you know for being there you know making this a good time for me in my life um it's been a rough year and uh shout out to pick aside shout out to the fans you know you guys being here i appreciate you guys thank you guys you guys have been a part of my family so um, even, you know, you just got here and stuff. I didn't even know who he was, but shout out to you, too, and stuff. <laughs> Somebody yes. said he looks like Logic, Logic in the comments. Facts. There it is. Wearing the there it is. Logic. And then he's wearing the everybody. In case, you just, fake just, for like you, him. Just, for, just for the audience out there listening or watching, when Riff first came in through the door in the studio, we were just chilling out, hanging out, watching the Alabama-Cincinnati game. The first thing Riff says to John is, "You look fake." <laughs> that I would have taken that as a compliment. Like you look like like oh man, maybe he looks too good to be real or something like that. I don't know how you meant it. Like, but what else could you have meant by "you look fake"? I don't know. He exactly. just he didn't look real. I was just like, "Who is this guy?" And I was just like, "I don't know." But yeah, you do like logic. There it is. I found I reckon. it. Ugh. Yeah, logic. I used to be my dude. He fell off though. Yeah, What's your favorite logic song? Oh, God, there's so many. Um, between albums, I mean, I'm splitting between something from Under Pressure. Okay. I guess Buried I like Alive. Like Buried that. Alive, I love that song. I, I love Buried Alive, too. So what about Soul, me what soul you, Food? How does Buried Alive go? Soul Food's one of my I think favorites. that it's all a dream, something like that. You know how the flow goes? Yeah. Everybody want to be famous. Everybody, Everybody want to be a superstar. superstar. Yeah, that song yeah, yeah, I, yeah, my favorite Logic song is probably 5 a.m. Uh, that was like one of the first songs I listened to. Me too. That, that's that the fire. song that really put me on the Logic. Yeah. yeah, Logic is dope. Is Logic corny? Is that what we're doing now? Is, uh, are people still doing that? I, yes, people are still doing it. Um, that being said, I don't like to join in on the Logic hate. I feel like his message is very positive. He's a good human being, so I don't feel the need his to... His music has his been music, pretty stinky. Yeah, it, unfortunately, I don't, I'm not a huge fan <laughs> of his music anymore. Well, he also said nobody's topping this at his peak, so I mean, you know... Uh, once him he hit under peak, pressure... Uh, nobody's topping few, him at his peak. Yeah, he capped. He said that? Uh, he ca- yeah, probably. You I believe mean, that? Do you, you believe think. I'm asking you, do you believe that as a man? Have you listened to his <laughs> early <laughs> days? Have you listened to his mixtapes? Yeah, like the Sinatra. No, I, 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 that's when I fell in love with Logic. Nah. You, at his peak? Like, Back on. in the day, like, he was dirty. Well, peak Logic, like, that was fire. I'm not saying it's like, 
Because he's, yeah, I mean, yeah. Okay. I'm not saying it's the greatest of all time. I understand I if Lil Wayne said that. You know, at my peak, nobody stopped me. It's like, all right, you could say that. But logic, ah. I mean, that was his peak, I'm saying. Okay. So like, he's not the greatest of all time. No. But he is so underrated. No, he's, he was tough. Yeah. Mixtape logic was yeah. OD. That was yeah. actually the only, because I had him on Spinrilla when he was on Spinrilla. And I used to bump. I was like, nah, this dude. I listened to a lot of logic on that, Piff. You Apparently, know? Yeah. Paolo Boncaro is in our chat right now. And, Really? He, he, he has a profile picture where he's photoshopped into a Rockets jersey. Oh, the comment, the comment that he put was talk about the Rockets. But what is there to talk about? Is there anything to talk about the Rockets with? Unfortunately, I don't think any of these guys are going to make the All-Star game. I mean, you had Christian Wood, who's been underwhelming to a degree this season. Kevin Porter Jr. can stuff a stat sheet for sure, but there's just no All-Star caliber players on this team right now. Jalen Green, he has the name, the, the potential to be an all-star one day. But unfortunately, I just don't think any of the Rockets right now will be all-stars. Absolutely not. Yeah. Hell no. I'm trying to be nice. Come on, we got we got a guest. <laughs> nah, uh, nah, very... I, I don't even, nah. We ain't like, <laughs> <laughs> nah. Unfortunately, ain't that. Nah, no. Rockets really aren't it. Nah, but everybody it. is saying logic is corny in the chat. But I will say the Rockets low-key won the draft. Sneaky. Like, it's looked because like Sangoon and Sangoon, Jalen Green. Josh Christopher, it's it's looking like they probably did win the draft. You know, no, I think yeah, Shingun is really good, man. He's really good. I love Josh Christopher, dog. <laughs> Somebody on Twitter on uh, when they're like a hundred, whatever the anniversary was for um, like the NBA or basketball itself when James Naismith uh, like you know made it. Uh, somebody was like, never in his wildest dreams could he even imagine Alper and Shingun. <laughs> he could it? What the hell? Yeah. Oh my him, gosh! Him in the post is flicking around back behind the back passes left and right. I mean, it's ridiculous on the stuff. He's he going to be off. an all star one day. It's Sang- Jokic like his I was awareness. Say Sangoon's baby Jokic or too too. I mean, soon it's to so say. soon to say that, but his like awareness and IQ and his feel for the game is awesome. Like how the post, like the passes he makes are you know not he normal. Kind of reminds me of I don't know if you guys remember this guy Nikola Pekovic yeah. from Minnesota. I do remember yeah. him. Yeah, he kind of yeah, reminds me. He was. He, was he had mid. some ties, yeah, bro. He, like, he, this is what Sangoon plays like his rookie year, like Pekovic's pe- uh, peak. Well, I mean, I don't know if they're similar play styles, but you know, Pekovic, he, was t- he had some ties. He was, he was nice. He kept getting hurt. Yeah, so Matthew, I mean, he was nice to Matthew in the chat just asked, I haven't really watched Sangoon play. Is he nice? Yes, he is a good player. He has very natural feel. Somebody said hot take, but Franz Wagner has superstar potential. He definitely is that does. a hot take? I mean, is he rookie of the year right now? No. No. He's not. I don't think the two he guys. He's top three. It has to be Mobley. It has to be Mobley. Yeah. You don't yeah. think Cade's entering that conversation? Cade did enter sure. the conversation, yeah. but they're so bad. Like Detroit is. They are. They so lost like fourteen I mean, in a row. Orlando right? Orlando too like is horrible. If it weren't for Franz Wagner and Cole Anthony, they would flirt well, with Orlando being the worst team ever. Orlando is you know? horrible, but they've dealt with so many injuries. It's hard to really pinpoint like I'm they're bad. Very like Detroit's been bad. I everybody come back though. You know, and Mobley obviously Cleveland. Boom. And then Scotty had Toronto. Like they're still in it for the most part in a plan. Yeah. So it has to be those two guys for me. I think I think Franz Wagner. I don't know why he doesn't have at least all star or superstar potential. He can shoot off the dribble. He has nice handle for him for his size. He's a versatile defender. He has good handle. A little moves to him. Yeah, he he is he. Hey, he's a bucket. He's a bucket. His euro and pro hops to the rim. Like people are like, oh, he just gets to the rim. It's not that simple. Like he has like so much flair to his game. And what's to the rim? It's so it's so weird for Orlando too, because like they're gonna be bad this year. They're gonna get another pick. Where's they pick? 
You know, it's like they have so many people at the forward spot, the guard spot, bigs, young, everywhere. Where where do you go in this direction? I think you swing for another forward. And the NBA can never have too many of them. They have Chumo, Kiki, and all these guys lined up, Jonathan Isaac. I think you just keep going with it them. Is, that's what I'm saying. Jonathan Isaac, what do you like? What is what, what yeah, are we going to see him? Like, you know what I'm saying? Because if no he is there, he's probably going to play the four. Wagner's probably going to play the three. And you know, you got Cole and Suggs in the backcourt. I think you swing for a big. This roster is low key it's, cute. Because do you really trust Wendell Carter? Low key. Do you trust Mo yeah. Bamba? Wendell Carter hasn't been playing bad basketball this season. He gets hurt a lot. That's very fair, but when he's on the court, though, you got to give him that respect. Yeah, he's been he's been good. But and Mo Bamba like, off the bench is a solid option also. But you need, with Orlando, you need to swing for the fences. You know what I'm saying? You need to get another like, but star at, potential. But at this point right now, do you think Orlando is a free agent destination? No, like, of course they never had, they had, had that's, never had that's exactly Their ownership has they have to, they have, And to a degree, they kind of did hit a home run. Franz Wagner, I was very critical of that Franz Wagner pick, and I was incredibly wrong. He has been, he's last, been amazing. Their last... You were hurt when I was critical? No, a lot of us were. Oh, for a sure. Of, like, dude, I was, hurt when, you, I was you know. hurt when you took Usman Garuba. <laughs> that was, our, that was our first... <laughs> uh, <laughs> Wagner was luck. That was funny, man. Wagner was luck. I, I don't luck. know, man. They, luck. You, let's be honest. And we all know this at the table. No, we thought he no. was just going to be a good say, player. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say I thought Franz Wagner was going to be a serviceable yeah, like role a good, player for 10 for mad to 10 long. 15 years. But you can't years. say luck. So then, Cole, I mean, they got lucky Not even Cole. like that, but like a starter. I thought he was going to give you like 15 Cole a game Anthony was luck. as a starter. Cole Anthony was luck. They didn't think he'd be that good. And then he but just, then his, work, his work ethic put him at that position. Hold on. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Could it be that France has just peaked early, kind of like Chandler Parsons? No. Chandler no. Parsons or MCW or Tyreek Evans. Because Ch- I think he, Ch- Chandler Parsons was 15, 5, and 5 in Houston until then he went to Dallas, got hurt, and, you know. He's doing this. Like It's not like Michael Carter-Williams like where he's just putting up numbers. He's doing this in spite of there being no spacing. The ball movement's not good. He's doing all of this stuff. Like, the scoring's been awesome. He's the best cutter in the team. He's I guess what's different is the defense. The defense, the defense is, is there. Well. Parsons so. was a good defender, though. Parsons was good though. Now he was good, yeah, he, so but I'm saying know. I don't know if like you know we'll, we'll see what happens with Franz. So th- we're gonna we're gonna mention two last things in the chat. Then we're gonna give our Western Conference All Stars. So first off, Wavy God asks, who's better, Lamelo or Andrew Wiggins? Are, are we not all gonna go say Lamelo? Please, like, can we please? <laughs> he just he asked that like five times. I have to. All right, I'm just because I know you're very high on Wiggins and Lamelo's so. better, bro. Okay, Lamelo's better. Good, good, good. All right, okay, I'm we're glad. all saying Wiggins. I mean, we're all saying Lamelo. Who we all? So you think Wiggins is better? Wiggins you're is better. You're wilding. You're wilding. You're why lying. Why do we? Why do we do that? I don't know. What? Why is it so like oh, Lamelo's better? Because he's Cause he he more is, though. He's more he flashy. Is, though. Oh, why is he better? I mean, he does. He does everything on the court. Better than. Andrew I wouldn't Wiggins? say he does everything better, but I'm saying he can do everything where Wiggins is really a scorer and a defender. I'm going to just say this. Wiggins is a, a catalyst for a championship contender team. I feel like that's valuable. LaMelo is a floor raiser. Andrew Wiggins is a ceiling raiser. You know what I mean? If you're Minnesota, right? What he's you saying, got Andrew Wiggins. Okay, I get what saying. Saying. Exactly. Where are you going? Like, I get what so saying. perfectly said. If you're Charlotte, their defense is horrible. That's like It's not LaMelo's role to protect the rim and do what he does offensively. You know what I mean? If you're trying to build a championship team, you want LaMelo to be your main man. So I guess for guys like that, we should compare value in terms of just who's better. Because LaMelo's probably better than 90% of the league. That's like the Cat and Draymond debate, though. Yeah, but who's more valuable, you know, to it? Because in the end, it's about winning, right? So who's more valuable to winning? I'll still probably lean LaMelo, but I think it's closer than what people like. It's not just LaMelo wipe the floor like you said, like, yeah, LaMelo, LaMelo. I think Wiggins... I think it is. Nah, I think Wiggins' defense... And then him being able to shoot the ball at a service rate now definitely puts him 
at a, all right, we can look at Wiggins and be like, he's really valuable. But of course, you know, I'm going to go with LaMelo, though. And now the second thing I want to address is that Leaf and Ian are in the comment peeped, section and they've been wanting us to acknowledge them for a while. So that's <laughs> I, why I wrote, I wrote to yeah, them. Yeah, so both. that's why shout out Hackensack real quick. Amen. You know? Amen. That's number one we should have shouted out at the start of the show. Everything that we're going to do is for the city. Whether you guys believe that or whether I hold that belief, I, I know for a fact that all of us ride for Hackensack. Regardless of where you, you from, what was it, Wyckoff? I'm from Waldwick. 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 Ride for Bergen County. Say that. Bergen County. We're riding for accurate. Jersey, bro. No, that's riding, what we're doing. We're riding for we're Jersey, Jersey, but, but me, North Jersey. North, North Jersey. Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we that's can't leave out South. Come on, that's that's no, no, South. No, 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 no. We can. We can. It's like North Carolina. Listen, we put on for Hackensack. It's that simple. We put on for our city. This city is going to embrace us. It already has embraced us a tremendous way. You look at our percentage of viewership. They're our number two most viewed city. And that's just of 44,000 people are in Hackensack. And the fact that that's our number two most viewed is very heartwhelming to me. I love that Hackensack embraces us the way they We do. have to make our first live show in Hackensack. We should like try to book the wreck or something. That would be dope. Oh my god! We can book the wreck and have people. Oh, we can like book the wreck and do a live lit. show. Oh, I already crazy. know we get jumping. I already know we get <laughs> jumping. The hack pack. Do you know that the hack and sack performing arts center? Yeah, it's on State Street. That also would be a pretty good venue for us to do our show. We in. can definitely do that venue. Sell those yeah, tickets. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yo, that'd be crazy. Could, I think that should be our first live show. But sure. also the Western Conference starters. You guys want to do it in in how we did it originally, where we just name our guards in front court. You just want to name your your five right away. Should we just name our starters? Oh, should we? Yeah, we should just name our starters and then our reserves, and then we have a difference in opinions. We obviously could talk about it. Okay, I like that. so I like that. I'll go first. I think my starters, my, well, not think my starters are mm-hmm. Steph Curry, unanimous. Donovan Mitchell. I have him over Devin Booker and Luca. Luca was easy because the Utah Jazz are winning. Suns are kind of hard because Booker is scoring as much as Mitchell. The Suns are winning, but Mitchell is is I think he's been better than Devin Booker. Now my front court, LeBron, Jokic, unanimous. Here's where it was a bit tricky. Paul George could have been here, but he's hurt, and I don't. You know, I, I take that take that into account. I'm going with Carl Anthony Towns. He's an All Star starter this year. Oh, he's, he's averaging. He's averaging. He's a, he's almost, front court. Right? Okay. He's front court. He's averaging 24 and a half yeah, okay. points per game, nine rebounds, one steal, one block. His defense has been better this year. You'd be proud. He's shooting 43 percent from three. Like that's unheard of. He's an All Star starter. I don't care what you say. Who are you putting over him? Because you have that face. Uh, are you done? Are you done? Yes, Obviously. I'm done. Joker is the center. Everybody knows yes. that. That's clear. And Steph Curry is the point guard. Duh. So, okay, my guys, you know, starting five. I now, you guys are right, but they're doing it from guards front court. They're not doing it by no, point guard. Oh, yeah. I understand. It would have been different. If oh, I understand what you're saying because um, yeah. I said point guard. So, we have the same backcourt. Obviously, Steph and Donovan Mitchell in my backcourt. Donovan Mitchell has just been the best two guard in the league, in my opinion. And, of course, Utah is back where they are at the top of the West. He's been nothing short of amazing, putting on for his team. So, and then Steph is Steph, so that doesn't need to discuss. Stafford Le- list. <laughs> LeBron is going to start for me. Obviously, LeBron at this age, year nineteen, has been incredible. Granted, they're losing; they suck, but he—it's not because of him. He's been absolutely dominating. You're a bastard. And then Paul George has to start. There—I don't know what he's talking about with this Carl Anthony Towns thing. He does. Paul he does. George has to start. And I, let me. No, he doesn't. He does. Oh, no, he does not. He's hurt right now. The Clippers. 
He'll get named a starter regardless. And he's going to be out for multiple weeks. He and is. He, he's, he's not no, going to play. He's not going to be out. He's going to be reevaluated in multiple weeks. I agree. Weeks. I don't think he'll play. However, he's going to be named a starter. Nah, bro. All right. Let's see. Paul George has walked into this season. And the, granted, the efficiency hasn't been there. Has been their lead, has been their lead playmaker, their lead scorer, dealing with injuries throughout his whole supporting cast. Kawhi's not there. And he had them when he went down. As a top five seed. They were a top five seed in, in a season where people didn't have them. They had them in the play-in struggling, whereas Minnesota is in the play-in. So, for me, Paul George has to start. He's been incredible on the defensive end. He's been incredible on the offensive end as a playmaker. He's been the go-to guy. He's had a couple highlight performances like the 40-point ball in Memphis, the game-tying three against the Dallas Mavericks at home, which was incredible. So, I, Paul George has to start for me. And then, of course, the Joker, he's starting because he's just the Joker. So, that's my starting five. Steph. Donovan Mitchell, LeBron James, Paul George, and then the Joker. This guy, Gregory Castile, was like, I'll roll Paul George with one arm before I have Cat start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's messed up. Is Cat the most valuable player in the Timberwolves? No. Yes, he is. Are you saying uh, Ant? You gotta say D'Angelo Russell. Is? I don't think it's definitive. Like, you think it's I feel D'Lo? Like, I think he is slightly, but think, like defensively, D'Lo has been very big. So you saying on any given night? D'Lo has been big communication wise and on his rotations. I agree, but I think yes, when D'Lo goes out, Minnesota does fall apart. But that's because they don't have a serviceable guard behind D'Lo. Like if if they if they were going from D'Lo to like Rubio, they they would still be fine. Like, D'Lo has these games where he goes 9 for 16, then, like, 2 for 16. You know, so a cat is the most consistent player on Minnesota. And honestly, I think I think Vando is more valuable defensively than D'Lo. Okay, I got that. That's fine. That's fine. I don't know. I think he is the most valuable player to that team, but it's like there's many nights where he's, like, not overall. It's tough. It's hard to gauge because the Timberwolves are also in the plan right now, too. It's like they're still not a good team. Yeah, but that's the yes. same thing. You can say the same thing for, for Donovan Mitchell, though. All right, so for me, my starting five right now, I have Steph Curry, pretty similar to, to Riv, except I only have one sign, uh, one minor change where I have Devin Booker in my starting rotation. You guys have Donovan Mitchell. And, hey, you guys are making valid cases, but I'll go into it once I name my five. Then I have LeBron James, obviously. Then Paul George is going to be starting in Nikola Jokic. Now, the reason why I have D-Book over Donovan Mitchell, not that Donovan Mitchell hasn't been spectacular this season, I personally believe that given the fact that Donovan Mitchell does play in Utah, and Donovan Mitchell will be one of the best players in this league for years to come. He is fantastic at what he does in the conversation for the best two guard in the in the NBA. I think it's a little bit more of a debate than you saying it's easy Donovan Mitchell. I know that's a little bit biased, but you have some you have some uh, a strong claim for it. There's a multiple arguments you can make for him being uh, the best guard uh, two guard in the league. That being said, I think the fact that he plays in Utah is going to be the main reason why he's not a starter. Actually, question. And cuz it's not for me it's I get you think it's biased, but let me ask you a question. In the regular season, they're both similar type of players. They both put up similar stats, right? So when, when you were comparing two guys that put up similar stats in the regular season, what sets them over the Personally, top? Personally, I don't have either of the two as the best two guards No, but I'm just league. saying in general, like what separates... Yeah, who's the best two guard in the league for you? For me personally, I have Levine. Okay. Um, <laughs> what separates two guys in the regular season who have similar stats? Playoffs, right? Right? Yeah. Uh, and I think 
with Donovan Mitchell. D-book, come on now. D-Book had a, a, a pretty I, he decent did, but run I think what has Donovan Mitchell has showed us since he's walked into the league is he's one of the best playoff performers I agree with that. in the league. That That's being why I said, in Booker's first playoff run. What about Donovan's, though? It was impressive. It was impressive. That I'm just saying he went to the finals. Whether there were some yeah. other factors that resulted in him having a, 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 a easy ride to the finals is a different story. But regardless of that, he was the best player on the Suns on their way to the finals. Now, Devin Booker has been fantastic for them. How I've mentioned multiple times over the past few shows that we've had, when Devin Booker's not on the court, the offensive rating for the Suns is, is just not what it is when he's on the court. Obviously, he is their most effective and more, most dominant uh, scorer, averaging 24 points per game. He is shooting over 40% from three. His field goal percentage for the volume that he has being 45% is impressive. I think that he should start, and given the fact the Suns are arguably the best team in the NBA, that should also play a factor into him being a starter. Last year, he wasn't even named a reserve until somebody went out with injury and then made the All-Star team. I think that it is he has has been past the point of his due diligence in getting to the All-Star game. I think they should justify it by making him a starter. Uh, LeBron James, do I really have to speak on that? He's the best player to ever exist. Yeah, Jokic is a no-brainer. The fact that he's doing it in year 19, the last (laughs) stretch of games where he's averaging the most points per game in the NBA, he's been fantastic doing it in year 19, is absolutely unbelievable to me. I'm going to marvel at it for for as long as I can. Paul George, the reason why I have him over Carl Anthony Towns is for multiple reasons why Riff stated. The Clippers' expectations without Kawhi this year were to be a play-in team at best. But what we saw from... What do you think? I think people thought they were a playoff team. I don't I don't know because... I mean, they're a team that, that beat Utah without Kawhi. But there was and also... took Phoenix to six without Kawhi. Listen, and I fully agree with that. And I... The, what the Clippers did last postseason deserved the respect to transfer over into this regular season. You However, think that, I, I, no, didn't want, I, I, I didn't had want them as a playing team, bro. Yeah, exactly, but that's, yeah, that's what, what I'm saying. That's a seven that's, seed, though. That's what, yes, that's that's what do you mean? He said you didn't have them as a but playoff team. We all that's know what, correct. the gap between the seventh seed and the fifth seed in the West, or oh, right, even now. The East, now. right now. Not right now, Minnesota but even a previous year, seven to five is not a big game But you had Minnesota at five, and now you flip it as of today. Minnesota's like nine, and the Clippers Yes, bro, Minnesota's like a one and a half game behind five yeah but you had minnesota they, over if they have a three-game win streak they're 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 in the five, fifth seed that's true you know what i'm they, saying they won't have that so you don't know that the i think people thought that it was some people thought that their playoff run was to a degree a fluke and that they were just all playing very hot consistent basketball reggie jackson playing at a level we hadn't seen we saw marcus morris take a huge step in his offensive game terrence mann take a step in his offensive game so people didn't weren't sure or confident in saying the clippers would be that same team paul george river was spot on saying that he needed to be that mvp candidate it's a, that's an obvious thought and he has been balling up until this point i think he deserves to be a play uh all-star game starter. So Steph at point guard is like kind of consensus. Universal, correct. Two guards where it's the exact opposite between Devin Booker and Donovan Mitchell. Because this year for Devin Booker, he's shooting a career high from three. But Donovan Mitchell is shooting a career low. With Devin Booker, though, he's down last year in terms of finishing at the rim and his mid-range. But Donovan Mitchell's up there. So it's that weird connect where like Devin Booker's improved in certain areas this year. His three-point shooting's been great. His decision-making's improved as well. With Donovan Mitchell, though, he's gained to the rim. 
He's finishing better. He's shooting well from mid-range. That's a toss-up. So it's like, what's going to decide the difference between these two? Because the points per game, the rebounds, the assists, they're all on the same mark. I think Devin Booker will get in over him because, number one, his name. But number two, the Suns are just slightly above the Jazz. I think those two reasons narrowly will have Devin Booker get the two-guard spot as a starter. And then at the three, Paul George. Carl Anthony Towns ain't starting. I mean, <laughs> Minnesota, too. It's like, Minnesota, great place. I've never been there, but it seems like a great place. Place. I don't think a player from Minnesota is going to make it over Paul George playing in L.A. That's the other thing as well. And then lastly, LeBron James, the man could lead the league in assists, scoring, play center, point guard. He's at the four, and then at the five, can I say it? The best player in the NBA? Nikola Jokic. The best player in the NBA. That's I think strong. He, I think he, might a, be. he has a case for sure. Oh, it's, like, it's Kevin Durant. I mean, LeBron? No. What are you talking about? Stop. Why? It's Kevin Durant. LeBron still has a case. Case for what? Losing? He's yes. That's 1,000%. Kevin Durant's the best player in the league. You can make a case for like four or five different guys. You can. I agree. Yes. I can hear this. I'll tell you what. And you know what's funny? Steph probably being last. Last on what? In that conversation. Before this year, though, is like. Like he hasn't been playing as well the second half of the start of the season. But like before the season, I think people definitely had him. The fan of Steph, top oh, three. Oh, no, me like, personally. Yeah. You made an interesting comment because while we were talking about Donovan Mitchell, you, you think exactly he's the best two guard in the I league. I do personally believe oh, okay, that. Okay, okay. That, that's, that's good. I'm glad you think that. <laughs> so now this is what we're going to do. I looked at the chat and somebody put start, bench, or cut Levine, Mitchell, or Booker. So we're gonna do that. We're gonna do that now. All right, cool. Start bench or cut Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell, or Zach Levine. Such a good question. I feel like we had one of this. We had this discussion during the summer. It's pretty simple to me. Uh, start Mitchell, bench Booker, cut Levine. Why though? Uh, well, you know Booker has made the finals. Donovan Mitchell has been a top eight playoff. See, but you, performer I, I don't like in, that argument because well, because you, like, you can't, wait, wait, hold on, wait, let, let me, wait, no. hold, I know There's what you're no going to say, I know what you're going to say, but that's what you did last year and, and I look, know you regret it. Yeah, I know what, I know what you're going to say. You're going to say we haven't seen Zach in the playoffs and that's, no, that's you, not what I'm going to say. That's what you're alluding no, to. No, what I'm going to say is we didn't see Devin Booker in the playoffs, but yeah, people but yeah, who know, you should have known Devin but, Booker was at that w- level. When they all average around the same numbers in the regular season, what can I go off of? How about, how about the efficiency? That Zach Levine's efficiency Zach is significant. Zach Booker shooting forty two percent from three. I and, believe. And, and no, so Zach is Levine without is a doubt the most efficient out too. the three. I agree with you. He's the most efficient out the three. But with Donovan, he's averaging more points than both of them. Yeah, but with Donovan Mitchell, it's like when bro, it's hard for me to put him. Over, I have to see it in the playoffs for him. I really do. And you know what? I can I can respect that because I'm I'm a huge advocate of needing to see it in playoff time. We just had this argument for football with Lamar uh, Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow, so I can understand. That being said. I am not going to be hesitant to say Levine's the best shooting guard in the league right now because I haven't seen in the playoffs, given the fact that people didn't think he would be 50, 40, 85 to back-to-back seasons, and he's doing it yet again. And now the Bulls are a top three seed in the in the Eastern Conference, and they're a, play, they're a championship contender right now. Is he the best player on his team? I personally believe so. Okay. So start bench or cut? So start, I would, I would start Levine. I would bench, I would bench... This is tough. This is really tough. I probably would bench Mitchell, cut Booker. You're going to bench Donovan Mitchell? Yes. I said I think that Levine's the best two-guard in the league, so why wouldn't I start him? That's crazy, bro. Okay, you now you, John. Crazy? It is kind of crazy, but I believe it. Okay. Now first, first off, James Harden's the best shooting guard in the league. He's been playing mostly shooting guard this year. I hate you. <laughs> See, but we have this conversation. Yeah, no, I we have this conversation so many times that 
is Kyrie Irving the shooting guard? Yeah, I think is, we like this year with no Kyrie, he's been playing shooting guard. Our I mean? podcast has James Harden as a point guard, but I agree yeah, with I just that. Want to point that out. Yeah, this fair. year he's playing sixty percent of his time. Yeah, we don't acknowledge Harden. So yeah, Harden's that guy. Correct. Yeah, yes, correct. I, I know. I know Harden's your guy. <laughs> yeah, we don't. We don't acknowledge Harden. I got it. Too. I got it. Your guys, Paul George. My guy for the people on Pickus that I don't know is Devin Booker. I've been with him since his second half of his year in Phoenix, and I wrote with him for a very long time. But I don't think people like people are going to say, "Oh, D books above Zach Levine." It's tricky because Zach Levine's a better finisher, better athlete, better three point shooter, Correct. more efficient. And it's just like so. Devin Booker is a playoff success, but it's like Devin Booker's had a better team built around him sooner. He also has not had the injuries Zach Levine's had as well. That right. did not help Zach Levine's de- development. So it's tough. So I think Donovan Mitchell, I would have above again as a Devin Booker fan. I'm going to be real. I'm not going to be biased and say Devin Booker cuts my guy. But I'm going to have Donovan Mitchell as the best. He's going to be starting there. The bench part, though, that's that's where it's tough because it's a toss-up between those two guys. I'm not going to pretend like it's not. Zach Levy and Devin Booker. Um, I'm going to go with Devin Booker. And my opinion may change tomorrow morning. No, it, it probably <laughs> will, actually. Um, but with Devin Booker, he's shown what Zach Levine has not been able to. So I feel like it's just not right for me to put Zach Levine, who hasn't even been in the playoffs before, above Devin Booker, who just went to the finals eight months ago, seven months ago, six, wherever it was. Yeah, I'm yeah. starting Mitchell. I'm benching Booker, and I'm cutting Zach. But Zach, if Zach performs in the playoffs, then oh, yeah, I yeah. can have we'll him. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm I'm trying to be early on the curve because I'm expecting Levine to transfer. No, you're over. trying to. You did the same to... thing with Rashawn Holmes. <laughs> what do you mean though? Because Rashawn Holmes <laughs> having a good season. Sleep on the mid. <laughs> Thank you. Finally, someone with some knowledge. Rashawn Holmes is good, but he just wasn't Jared out. No, but you trashed him like he was garbage. No, I just said it was a gap between those two. I would say Zach is probably the most gifted out of the three. No, he is talent. for sure. Zach, he has gifted. more. He talent. has legitimately everything. Zach's but got a case. What Zach just got three years ago, you know, Booker has been doing in the regular season for a while now. You know, and Donovan Mitchell, he walked in, he had it. So it's like, we really, for Zach, it's really just wait and see to the playoffs. You know, can he continue this efficient success? Can he have those explosions, those 30, 40-point games? Because we've seen these guys do that. So it's it's going to be tough. Now, Western Conference reserves. Now, I'm, I'm going to get heat for my reserves for the Western Conference. Uh, John Morant has to, has to start, has to start. I mean, has to be an all-star. Not start, my fault. John Morant, Luka Doncic, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, Draymond Green, Andrew Wiggins, and Rudy Gobert. I'm snubbing Dame. I'm snubbing AD and PG because they're hurt. They're injured. I'm snubbing them. DeAndre Ayton, it was between him or Andrew Wiggins. And I, I, I went with Andrew Wiggins. And Anthony Edwards, I thought about it, but I couldn't bring myself to do it. But the surprises here to a lot of you guys are Draymond Green, but he's the best defensive player on the best defensive team in the NBA, and the Warriors are the best defensive team in the NBA since the 2016 Spurs. Andrew Wiggins is the third best player on a championship contender that's on a 60-win pace, and Chris Paul is averaging 14-10 and 10 on one of the best teams in the NBA. Damian Lillard is having his worst year since... 2014, his lowest point total, 24 points per game. And he hasn't been very good to start the year. I'm snubbing him. He's yeah. cooked up since he's come back from injury, though. But still, he he's, hasn't. He's, he's just started. No. Okay. That's tough to... He's Draymond was the one that kind of was Wiggins? Like, no, Wiggins That's on my you? team. He, to make the All-Star? Wiggins made my team. There's so many like, so notable my, t- my reserves, names. Luka, obviously, Booker, Cat for me, John Morant, Damian Lillard, Rudy Gobert, 
and SGA, and then I have Andrew Wiggins making my team. CP3 didn't even you didn't think about him making the squad? Nah, I don't have him making my team. Really? Yeah, That's nah. interesting to me. Those those are my guys. You wouldn't have Dame on the team? Nope. What's the Pelicans? Uh, not the Pelicans. Excuse me. What's the Trailblazers' record? No, it's not uh, good. They they really they are. CP3 is more valuable to the Suns than Dame is to the, the Blazers. Say that one more time. CP3 is more valuable to the Suns than, they, than Dame is to the Blazers. You know what? That is not the craziest statement. No, it's, I've not, ever it's heard. a tough one. That's a that's really a CP3 is averaging fourteen and ten, damn near, and the Suns are the best team in the NBA behind Golden State. It's really interchangeable. Every other day, it changes. And we saw Devin Booker go out, and, and the Suns still. Had what do you success. mean they had? No, no oh saying, yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay, easy. I thought you were about to, okay. No. Yeah, I, I was getting ready. I understand. I was getting ready. I mean, the thing is, with Portland, you have all those other guards. Anthony Simons off the bench. So Eugene none of McCollum, you guys didn't have you didn't have Brendan Ingram, dude. He's, he's on my he, snub. He's my snub. Okay. Our boy Jordan in the chat. He that reason why I said Pelicans uh, instead of the Trailblazers. Our boy Jordan was not happy that uh, Brandon Ingram did not make the lesson for you. He was not happy about that. The Pelicans are the worst <laughs> team in the NBA. I know. I saw that. <laughs> I'm not gonna give somebody <laughs> averaging if Beal didn't make it averaging thirty. I'm not gonna give it to Ingram with twenty three. Valanciunas probably has more of a case than last Ingram. year. Yeah. Didn't Beal wasn't Beal a starter? They made the players. yes, he was, he was a, a starter. starter. Yeah, which is, was baloney. Well, he yeah, was starting. No, he was unbelievable. Yeah, he was leading the league in scoring. Yeah, bro, but at the time it wasn't in the playoffs, and Harden was out. You didn't say Gobert. I did say Gobert. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I thought, I thought All right, so for my reserves, here we go. I ha- you guys don't have you have Luca on your team? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, just making sure. All right, I have Luke. We have to. Come yeah, on. No, he is going to make it regardless. I have Luca. I have Donovan Mitchell, who is that toss up between him and Devin Booker. I have Damian Lillard making the squad. John Morant. I do have Chris Paul making the All Star team. Rudy Gobert, Carl Anthony Towns. I'm surprised you guys don't have CP3. I don't. But why? I'm just. Wait, I'm, I have I'm, Chris Paul. I thought you didn't have. No, I have him over Dame. Ah, okay. I thought I didn't hear you say Chris Paul. Can you read me your reserves one more time? John Morant, Luca, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, Draymond Green, Wiggins, and Gobert. I'm sorry. I heard Draymond and Wiggins, and like my brain forgot those guys. But I that's a that's a pretty fair list, and I understand why you would have Draymond and you'd have Draymond. Wiggins, but I, there's the no name, way. The I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I get it. Draymond is the catalyst for the best defense. There is no way he's getting into the All Star game with an eight. Eight seven average. There's just no way. There's no way. There's, there's no way. Advanced I, analytics. Can you I don't get in off no advanced analytics. You have Draymond over Paul George. Paul George didn't make your team. He said because of injuries. Injuries. Okay. If it wasn't for injury, Draymond. But he's only missed nine games. If it wasn't for injuries, well, he's, PG, he's not coming back until. Bro, the if it wasn't okay, if true. it wasn't for injuries, PG and AD are making it over Draymond and Chris Paul. Oh okay. Okay. And I still so you're have Wiggins. Wiggins so. Yes, I'm keeping Wiggins. Okay, so we're 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 honestly that? that's hard, bro. So Wiggins Draymond, over Draymond is more Edwards? valuable than Wiggins. We know I'm sorry, that, but, bro. But all star, we know that, bro. Game, you can't. He's not. He's averaging eight points. He's not getting in off eight points. Like but he has one of the best podcasts out right now. <laughs> <laughs> Draymond. Draymond. Yeah, nah, he's been pretty cool. He has been cool, honest to God. But Wiggins over Anthony Edwards, winning. Yeah. That's why I'm va- I'm valuing winning heavy here. Okay, I'm valuing winning heavy. But you're putting three warriors in. Do you think that they'll have three warriors in? If it's not three warriors, it has to be three sons. So if it's not Draymond, then Aiden is here. That's so tough. Aiden is averaging seventeen and fourteen. How many players do you have? I have seven guys. I feel like I you have, have seven. Like, yeah, he's got seven. He doesn't Paul George on. Yeah. Ah, yeah, okay. Because yeah, I was had a hard time at that. I was like, "Do you put eight guys in your reserves?" And I thought about it. Aiden what else was, was one of my snubs. 
he's been he's been ramping it up. Star of the year, a lot of people are like, uh, with Frank Kaminsky in the game, the Suns' offense is better than when DeAndre Ayton's in the game. That's not good, but recently Ayton has really been picking it up, so he's actually making himself a real case. Yeah, is it my turn or is it yours? No, I, I said my guys. Oh, turn. word. All right, so Luca. I mean, that's self-explanatory. After him, D. Book, Chris Paul, and Ja. And then I have Draymond. Some people in the comments are not happy about Draymond making or other oh, guys. The Warriors' defense um, is the best defense since the Spurs in 2016. Uh, that's a like, pretty big deal. And oh, it's yeah. because of the guy engineering that entire thing. And then offensively, his telepathy with Steph Curry. No one talks about it, but like you need Draymond Green along with Steph. Like, Draymond gets is it rebound. telepathy, or is it, okay, I have Steph Curry, I'm just going to hand the ball off to you? No, it's, it's he different. knows where he's at all the time. Because Draymond gets a rebound. Steph can just gut up the floor. Draymond will run the offense. Those two are inseparable together. It's John okay. Stockton and Carl Malone. In a way, yeah. They, they have that telepathy where they just know where they are at all times. I just don't. Except I just Draymond don't. I just don't feel like. Has, I just don't feel like when talking about the All Star game, we should just value offense completely because defense is fifty percent of the floor. People were crying about Bradley Beal not making it when he was averaging thirty, even though he was one of the worst defenders in the NBA. And that's half of basketball, but you were crying about him not making it. Draymond is the best defender in basketball right now. So then, like, if that's the case, then Tony Allen never being an all-star, he's like one well, of the Well, Tony best Allen defenders. doesn't do what Draymond does as a playmaker offensively. That's true. That's very true. That's very true. And Draymond's impact offensively is huge as well, and you know it. Tony Allen? I'm trying to. I'm just trying to. Tony Allen was that. You know, they let him in the corner. Layups. Like, here, Tony, go, go take that three. Oh, yeah, we'll let you have that. But all right? he was it's the worst. Like, no, no, he was the worst offensive I, player I, but like, what, in the no, league. If Draymond wasn't the facilitator that he is, which obviously oh, makes he might it, be a Tony Allen. That's what. But I, that was my even, point. I don't even know because he was able to shoot the three at one point. Tony the Allen never bro, able to score. The, pr- the problem with the Western Conference right now is that there are a lot of players that are averaging twenty plus points on horrible teams right now. I think with Dame. It's tough because their team, ah, he was he was cooking up. That He was cooking up, and then his team got hit with COVID, and they just started going downhill. But he was definitely cooking up. But you know what? Since you're valuing winning, I can understand Draymond. I think Wiggins deserves to get and He's been nothing short of amazing. Cat, obviously, you know, for me, SGA was a complete bias pick, so don't even acknowledge that. That was just strictly biased. I just want him to get in so bad, so that's, he's on my team. Bi, I had a lot of thought about. He was he was he was playing for real, like top fifteen, top twenty player before he got hurt. He uh-huh. was playing amazing. So it's it it's tough. Are we just gonna give our snubs too? Given the fact that we're just saying, I thought you was not. naming your snubs oh, right now. Okay, so my snubs. Was, Wait, were, did you were you were talking about your reserves right there? No, I, I had, was like going into oh. both, but um, I might as well finish. My snubs were Dejounte Murray, DeAndre Aiden, and Kristaps Porzingis. Those are my three snubs. Amen. I um. My last reserve was Rudy Gobert. I mean, people love the clown on Rudy, oh, but like he's such him. a misunderstood athlete. Hate him? They I mean, hate him. They oh, hate oh, him. Yeah, he's so misunderstood. Like the problems in Utah are not Rudy Gobert, rather the system that is Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert cannot lead this entire Jazz team in a postseason, and a lot of it is a roster construction issue. But in the regular season, he's doing exactly what's asked of him. He's been terrific this year. And he does his role to a T. So I have him as my last reserve. And then for my snubs, or you, you hit your snubs first, yeah. People hate Rudy Gobert. I know they hated the bigs back in the day, like Ben Wallace. Who are your snubs? So my snubs, I have DeJounte Murray as being one of the bigger snubs for me personally. What he's doing, the leap that he's taking in his game, averaging over 17 points per game, almost averaging a triple-double this year, 8.4 rebounds, 8.8 assists. He has been spectacular for the Spurs this season. I have Andrew Wiggins as being one of my snubs. I actually have Shea being a snub. Brandon Ingram's another snub of mine. 
it's tough to say that these guys would make it because, again, the firepower in the names alone on top of the offensive skill set and, and defense for some of these guys, obviously Rudy Gobert, Chris Paul for the for the fact that he's not the great scorer that he is, but he's arguably the best facilitator in the game still. I just think that their time is not now. And I think their their name value for the all-star ranks right now, and given the fact these other guys are already well-recognized in the league, I feel like that's the reason why these guys won't get in. Okay. Mine... Did you mention Anthony Davis as a as a snub? No, no. Oh no, that ha- that's another snub of that's mine. But I didn't want to like he's injured. He wouldn't make yeah. it regardless. Yeah. But it. I did not mention Anthony Davis. Was he was say, playing yeah. very good basketball up until the week before he got hurt. I understand people were saying the defense aspect of the things wasn't there, but offensively he was still averaging twenty five points a game, averaging over double digit rebounds, blocks. He's he averaged- one of the worst shooters. That's the thing. The yes, league. I understand his shooting's terrible. Um, that being said. His paint presence was still as effective as ever. Can I ask you a question? Would you, do you think the bubble was an anomaly? Like, do you think that no, was like? No, because he had other great seasons before that, bro. Great seasons. What? No, it's what? About it was shooting. Shooting. Oh, shooting. I, uh, as of right now, I have yeah, to say yes. I'm not talking about yes. him as an elite player. I'm talking yes. about three pointer. Yeah, it was. I have yeah. to say yes because last season his his three point shot was not great. Even his mid range shot last season wasn't what it was 2020. And this season he's been abysmal shooting the basketball from three. Is Anthony Davis? Is is his lack of productivity on the offensive side of the ball in terms of a shooter and on defense now less than it was before because of lack of motivation or injuries? I think his whole game has just been lack of motivation. Honestly, ever since he won the ring, I just feel like him injuries do play a toll on you. Injuries do take some of that motivation away from you because it's like, damn, what if I go out this hard? But then I'm going to get hurt again. I don't want to put too much effort because I could still get hurt. You know, they need me down the stretch. So that motivation, injuries do take that motivation away because you're like, damn, I could do all this and still get hurt. But at the same time, sometimes you see it in AD. He just, the, the grind just isn't there in his, like the the grind isn't in his game anymore. Sometimes he's lackluster. Sometimes he feels like he just doesn't want to play. Like he doesn't have that, I want to continue to get better mentality sometimes that he just shows. And I think that's happened ever since he won the ring. He felt like he didn't accomplish everything. He just doesn't have that motivation and that spark every day to get up and want to continue to get better. For me, that's tough because he's saying since he won the ring. Last season, I saw when he came back in, we were in the playoffs against the Sun. He was the best player on the court for those two games that he dropped 30 back-to-back. He was the best player. He gets hurt. The series completely changes. So... I kind of push back on that a little bit because we see on the brightest stage, the playoffs, what he was capable of, and he was showing it to the world. This season, though, I can be a little more lenient with what he's saying because to a degree, it's kind of right. He came out and already said, I have nothing else to prove, and we already had a segment on that. Basically, how how can you say that when you're in the prime of your career and you're supposed to be a top five player in this league? Giannis just came off a championship. How is that not motivating you to want to be better? You are supposed to be the best power forward in the league, and you're letting Giannis completely take that title away, and you're not even giving yourself a fighting chance. You basically are just saying, what do I have to prove? I'm done. I, I did what I had to do. The rest for my rest of my career is just going to be extra, and I can't agree with that because when you are supposed to be an elite-level talent, you need to continue to get better as your career goes on. If he was maybe 32, 33, Fine, I can understand that. He's 28 years old. This is when p- p- prime time players play the, their best. 
Look at Kevin Durant. Look at Russell Westbrook. Look at James Harden. Look at LeBron James. Look at Steph Curry. These are all all-time great players that at age 28 were MVP candidates, MVP winners. Anthony Davis has, where he started off strong, had cooled down as the seasons progressed. And I would say it's a little bit towards injuries more so than motivation, but the injuries lead to motivation. When your body is not in 100% complete shape, your drive, your passion for the game is lessened by default. It just happens. So I feel like it's it's the combination of both, but I lean more so towards the injuries. But it's been the injuries his entire career for, for I wouldn't say entire career, to a degree his entire career, but mostly for his time with the Lakers. 2021, we saw him go down, and he really wasn't the same. He came back, was great, but then he went down again. We saw Andrew Luck. I don't want to make this a football reference, but Andrew Luck, injuries took a toll on his mental. We saw him step away from the game because mentally he was tired of the rehabilitation process. Anthony Davis has dealt with minor nicks and all the, like, throughout the entirety of his career. I can only imagine the mental toll that is taken on Anthony Davis. But again, you're not in a regular position. You're on the Los Angeles Lakers with arguably the greatest basketball player to ever put on a jersey. The expectations are going to be different. People are going to want more from you. Derrick Rose. And I'm glad you mentioned that because Andrew Luck was a perfect compare. I was actually thinking of Andrew Luck right while you were talking because he retired because of the injuries and the mental toll it took on him. Maybe AD's going through the same thing. You don't know. Who are your snubs? Oh, I had AD. And then two guys, Dame's has worst year since like 2015-ish. And then Christian Wood as well. He's been having a down year in terms of like the finishing at the rim. But he's still been really good this year, 17-10, hitting his threes. He's been valuable for Houston. And then... Nice. Um, yeah, I would have those <laughs> three guys. The riv, bro. It's empty. Oh, thank God. I would have those two, and then along with Christian Wood, Brandon Ingram, and SGA, I feel like those guys are all lumped together as those young players that are trying to hit that level of all-star, but they're just not quite there yet. And then he mentioned Jonas Valanciunas. He's put up 18-12 all-star level numbers, best shooter of all time by his percentages. Um, but, you know, he's actually like... Is he really? No, I mean, he's he's getting there. <laughs> I mean, if you're actually counting the sample size, I mean, he's, he's up there. Um, but with all that in mind, I think he's someone that like at least should get like some credit for his numbers. But I mean, the Pelicans are not good. It's so. just so weird that someone like Brandon Ingram averages twenty three points per game, and then his rebounds are like six rebounds and like two assists. And we think he's more deserving of all of an All Star spot than Valanciunas, who's at like eighteen and thirteen with great efficiency. Yeah, it, for sure. it just doesn't really make sense. It's because we look at those points a little bit too much, in, in my opinion, I think so. This is a weird situation right here because our topic list is pretty much done right now. We only had six topics, our Eastern Conference starters, reserve snubs, and uh, our Western ones as well. And we're at a one hour and 30 minutes. It's this the shortest is, this, podcast we've this done is, in months. This is half of our usual show. But we do have some Patreon questions we will answer. Okay, cool. First one is from PJs. Who is your 2022 NBA draft bolter? Someone, someone who will end up top 10 that most people won't expect. My choice is Hugo Besson out of the NBL playing for the Breakers, who will go at number 9 or 10, especially if the Spurs land one of these picks. So I think this is a Riv question because you're very in tune with the draft. So it doesn't have to be like an NBL player, but who do you think is going to jump up in, in the draft process that's playing in college currently? Mine um, was probably Scoot Henderson. You know, I think him coming off the bench for the Ignite team 
or the overtime team. I don't remember which team it is, but he is one of him coming off the bench Ignite, Ignite, yeah. and playing with Jaden Harvey, you know, him being the youngest on the team, being one of the most impressive guys on the team in terms of scoring, being at that age and being at that advance. I think he'll definitely jump into the top 10. He has the size. He needs to bulk up a little bit, but he has the mindset. He has the size. He has the skills and he has the IQ and he's performing off the bench. And it's just, it's amazing how he's this advanced at this age. So I think he's one of those guys that definitely jump into the top 10 for me. Okay, now next question is from Greg. With the current NFL draft order, what are your top 10 picks in the draft next year? Also, how many quarterbacks go in the first round? This is a you and Drew question. Well, I think... (laughs) This is tough, man. Scouting hasn't started yet. Well, quarterbacks, I think there's going to be one or two quarterbacks that pick that are first-rounders at most. probably is a first-rounder. Yeah, I think at most there's going to be two quarterbacks in the first round. I think Malik Willis and Desmond Ritter are both... Like day two, day three guys. I look at Sam Howell as a day two guy. He could sneak into day one. He has a lot of potential and promise. He showed very early in his career. And Matt Corral, he's getting a lot of hype. He might be a first rounder. Uh, so will uh, Kenny Pickett, maybe, especially after my that man. fake slide. I like, think you know, Kenny will man. be a first rounder. You know, so we just have to wait and see. If the Broncos have that uh, a pick around that area where Kenny Pickett should be drafted, yeah. I would be more than fine with taking Kenny. Yeah, I Kelsey mean, Pitt. in terms of the top 10 That's picks, you, bro. <laughs> in terms of the top 10 picks, my, I haven't scouted either yet, but I'd say Aiden Hutchinson, I was gonna say that's Kayvon, number one for Stingley, me. Kyle Hamilton, James so no Williams QB? has to be there, Evan, Evan Neal. Neal. No quarterback is going in the top 10. No quarterbacks going in the top 10. Pickett, I think, will be close because he's in that that 15 to 17 range. I feel like the more we come closer to draft day and we're going to see the combine, we're going to see the the his pro day, I think that his name will start to creep up more into that top 10 depending on the teams that shake up down there. And now next question, Cole Hrubes. Shout it's, out to him. He's he's a new Patreon member. Yes, he is. It's H-R-U-B-E-S. So, Cole, I'm just going to say Cole. How much will Ricky Rubio's injury affect Cleveland the rest of the year? Sitting at 20 and 15 and fifth in the East, Rubio has been a huge part of Cleveland's success. How much will they fall off? Can Rondo make up for much of what Rubio did? How did you guys see the rest of the Cavs season going? How do you see the rest of the Cavs season going? It's going to be tough. You know, it, it really, everything depends on what can Rondo give you at this stage of his career. You know, can he continue the playmaking? Can he put up the amount of points that Rubio, you know, Rubio was averaging 13 off the bench, you know, so can we expect that from Rondo? Probably not, but can we expect him to, you know, be that guy on the break to make those passes to the bigs? Maybe, you know, defensively, Rondo can still probably pay to play the passing lanes. It's tough. You know, Rondo, he barely played this year, and even when we seen him, he wasn't good last year or this year, so it's really tough. I think, like we said before, this is going to be a Garland moment where he has to really step up and carry this offense in the backcourt now Sexton's out Rubio's out for the year so it's going to be really tough but I think with the way they play and the defense they play you know being that they're one of the best defensive teams in the league defense always tends to get you wins in the regular season so I think they'll still hover around that you know four to seven range because of the fact that they play defense but it's going to be tough but I think you know Garland being as talented as he is he can step up for them for sure I was very high on Rubio coming to the Cavaliers and what his impact would be. I thought it would improve Garland's game. I thought it would improve Sexton's game. Unfortunately, Sexton went down, but we definitely saw it boost Garland's game. We saw Rubio be effective for the Cavaliers as well. John alluded to this earlier in the show. We see Rubio go out, and we're going to see Garland start to improve much more than he already has this upcoming season. 
or excuse me, this season currently. His 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 shot numbers are going to go up. His attempts are going to go up. The ball's going to be in his hands more. And I'm sure if I'm the Cleveland Cavaliers, I'm happy with that because we see how he's have developed over these three years early in his career. Now we're only going to continue to see him really take a ball-dominant type role, which I'm sure the Cavaliers have wanted since taking him on draft night. I think the Cavaliers will be fine. It's going to hurt. I don't think Rondo's a, a, the best replacement by any means. Riv is 100% spot on with the Hawks. He was a quarter of what he was with the Lakers in 2020. And with the Lakers this year, he really wasn't as effective as he was. Nowhere near uh, what he was with our championship winning squad. Uh, but again, he's a different beast in the playoffs. Uh, but we didn't see that beast in the playoffs with the Hawks. Uh, I do just think the Cavaliers are going to be fine. And Darius Garland will be that reason. I think you guys hit the nail on the head. But with Rondo, he's been bad like these past oh, yeah, years. He's been really with bad. the Clippers, it was a little bit of a different story because they had so much spacing. The Cavaliers this year have gone from the worst three-point shooting team in the league to like around that top 10 mark. They have so many shooters. Kevin Love, Jetty Osmond, Dean Wade, Larry Markinen. So with Rondo, this is the perfect situation for him to get paid in the offseason. If he plays well, this Cleveland team has got Darius Garland to help alleviate some of the pressure. He's got two high-level role men in Evan Mobley and Jared Allen. And so much spacing. I just don't think he's like that guy to any stretch. <laughs> so, I mean, like, he's going to facilitate for them. I Defensively, agree. it helps. He's got two awesome rim protectors behind him. But after that, it's like on the offensive end, he can, he's had moments in the bubble specifically where he's just lights out from three. And I think he could hit his threes for this Cavaliers team. But it's like Ricky Rubio was so good for them. One of the best years of his career. He was doing so much off their bench. He was so valuable. He still had that chemistry as Kevin Love back in their days playing with the Timberwolves. Yeah. It's tough. I don't think Rondo by any stretch is going to fill that void. He can, you know, add some play or facilitate over Kevin Pongo. So I was talking about before that was their starting point guard the other night. Uh, he was going to be starting at the trade for Rondo. So it's better than nothing. But with Rondo, he hasn't been good in a while since the bubble. And I just don't think he's going to do much for them. Ricky Rubio has been one of the more underrated players in the NBA. Before the Suns got Chris Paul, they were the ninth seed and it was in large part Due to Ricky Rubio, Ricky Rubio really unlocked Devin Booker's game, DeAndre Ayton's game. He's been one of the more underrated players. But I think having him, his loss is going to be huge. There's no doubt. But Rajon Rondo is the perfect replacement. He is. He does everything Rubio can do. He's not as young as him. He's not as as athletic as Rubio anymore. Can do everything? He's not as good a defender. No, he's not, but it's not that far off either. It's not that far off either between Rondo and, and Rubio. I think Rondo can play make just as well. I think Rubio's maybe a bit better now. Shooting, they're both streaky shooters, even though Rubio has been very consistent this season. I just think Ray, they got the perfect replacement player for Rubio in Rajon Rondo. They're going to drop off, but they're not going to drop off a bunch. Do you think he could fill that void as that second? Like Ricky Rubio is taking like Andre Miller type, like controlled fadeaway mid range twos. I love Andre Miller. Yeah, like. Rajon Rondo is not going to be doing pull-ups and all this sort of stuff that Ricky Rubio is doing. Sure, not efficient, but like he's only going to bring facilitating and playmaking. He's not going to add that that's element. Huge, though. And when you even when you brought up the Clippers and their spacing, he became unplayable at times. Yes, in that matchup run. definitely. I mean, so it, it like even though they had the spacing, they they couldn't play him at certain strikes. He was just bad. He it's just a lineup. Good. It's a lineup based league, and that's the thing with Rondo in the playoffs. Like you could say he could be that same guy for them, but it's like also a matter of size. But the Heat, he played so well against the Heat. The Heat didn't have a ton of size, you know. Like Bam was their five, and after that, kind of enabled him to play more in the game. That was a good matchup for him against uh, the Utah series. It was a little bit harder for him to get him on the floor, and then He's like not hitting shots. Like. Yeah, exactly. 
And then again, like the shot creating element that Ricky Rubio was at least providing, sure, not efficient, but he was bringing some offense. Rondo can't do that. Is Hakeem Olajuwon better than current Jokic or Embiid? This is a question uh, from the YouTube chat. Is Hakeem better than them? (laughs) (laughs) Shouldn't the question be, are they better than him? I don't know. It's the same thing. I think Hakeem is better, and I don't think it's particularly close. (laughs) It's it's like, it shouldn't really be a discussion, but offensively, Jokic is the greatest center I think we've ever seen. Okay, that's fair. So, like, there is that. Jokic has that case very clearly. That's the tough. best passing center but, of all time. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, but let me ask you, before what helps. that, who that's is the person helps. you would say? That's a good question. Shaq. Shaq is way better than Jokic, bro. All time? Yeah, I mean, but like... I mean, Shaq, Kareem... The, I the mean, they're offensively. I think Shaq. If you talk that's it, why allows me to understand your point, the passing aspect of it, because you're 100% right there. No other big man had offered that. That being said, in a dominant aspect, Shaquille O'Neal. I think if you're talking... Kareem, about, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar has to be in that conversation. That's the only reason, like, best off, it's it's a hot take to say you're not c- incredibly far off. I just think that he has his ways to go before he can pass Sha- uh, Shaquille O'Neal and Kareem. Hakeem. And Wilt. Wait, wait. Can I add one thing? Oh, yeah, Wilt. I mean, Wilt is so tricky. Why are we saying these names and not Hakeem? What's, what's up? Hakeem well, for sure. Hakeem, for sure, well, that, you're, was like, that was why you're yes. asking that question. Yeah, Hakeem player for player is better than both of them. Like, I, I don't offensive, think- wait, player for player better than Shaquille O'Neal? If we're talking like skill for skill, he's he's more skilled than Shaq, but Shaq was obviously more dominant. Correct. You know, that's mm-hmm, ob- mm-hmm. But I'm talking about like player for player, Embiid and the Joker, I, he's better than both of them because he offers not the Joker, obviously as a playmaker, is the best playmaking big ever. But he and Hakeem was a great playmaker in his, in his respect, and he was a good shooter in his own right. He offers a little bit of what Joker offers. And he's a much better defender than Embiid was. Sure. So I think he's like a much combination. Be- Embiid's a really good defender, though. I think uh, I thought you meant Jokic. Hakeem was correct, an correct, elite correct. defender. Like he offers what both of them to, to to a point. What both of them offer, and a little bit more. Because he's borderline elite defender. I wouldn't call him. He's great. I wouldn't say elite. I mean. You're talking about Hakeem's defense or uh, Hakeem's about, defense? Yeah, okay. I mean his defense is better than Embiid. No, I mean, definitely. I'm just saying defender, but yeah. that's what I'm like. He's definitely in that category of being an elite defender. But I agree, Hakeem Olajuwon, in terms of offensive defensive, you could say arguably he is the best center of all. Yeah, he was like three blocks a game. Yeah, he's insane. No, he was crazy. His post game was ridiculous. Yeah, I want to trace it back to Jokic for a second. You're a big PR <laughs> guy, but the great John Hollinger, right? Uh-huh. Jokic has the highest PR rating it's ever. Like, what is it like? Is it in the 40s or is it 38? It's at like 34 right 32.3, which is the highest of all time. It's not going to finish like that, though. Uh, Yeah, I mean... It was at 35 to begin the season. Yeah, And it dropped to that. And it dropped pretty quickly. I remember it being egregiously high. That's ridiculous, though. I know. I was telling telling before about Jamal Murray coming back. I don't know when that exactly is going to be, but I expect him to come back before the postseason, I think. So with that in mind, it's going to take less pressure off of Jokic, and it's going to add familiarity. Because, again, I was talking about before, he's playing with Austin Rivers, Faku Capazzo, Devon Reed, these random guys that are just adding in, and he's snapping the finger. He's awesome with them. When you add in Jamal Murray, who he's played with for five, six, seven years, it's going to be a different story. Can the Utah Jazz make the finals? (laughs) No. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to say no as well. No. (laughs) 
I don't like that you laughed. Yeah, but, but <laughs> and I don't like that on, you said no. Right? It's true. Go ahead. What you got? I don't like that you laughed. The I Utah really Jazz are fundamentally broken defensively. Oh my god! In order for them to go to the playoffs, if they keep this current roster, they need to pray Donovan Mitchell the is the second coming to Michael Jordan. They have to. Say they have time? to. Oh, he's because he said playoffs. Uh huh. Championship, championship. You mean no, championship. to get to the championship? Oh, I don't think they're. You said to they're get like to the my playoffs, seventh team. To you win said a title. to get to the playoffs, you need to be a second come Michael Jordan. Yes, he mentioned. Oh no, he to win a championship, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking yeah, 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 yeah. about. And yeah. the playoffs, they can go to the second round. Sure. The issue is defensively. I was talking about before Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert is so good at what he does protecting the rim, but on the perimeter, it doesn't matter. Like if on a matchup basis, they don't match up well against a lot of these teams that shoot the three ball well. They can just take the big off the floor, and that takes away the Jazz defending the pick and roll so well with Rudy Gobert. And all of a sudden, you're asking Rudy Gobert to defend. Defend the rim, the corner, and the point of attack. He can't do all three of those things. And then offensively, you're going to have to rely on Donovan Mitchell to be terrific. And with Mike Connolly's injury history, I am not confident in that offense this either. Is, okay, this is good. <laughs> you said a lot. <laughs> and you're right. Donovan Mitchell, up to, up until this point, hasn't been the second coming of Michael Jordan. No, Nobody has but Kobe. But he's been amazing. He's He's been nothing short of amazing in his playoff performances. He's been incredible. Let me ask you, Just I just want to ask you a quick question. When the playoffs started last year, did you think Phoenix would go to the finals? Be honest, don't lie. Yes, you did. I thought there's a chance. They're a top two or three team to me. Did yeah. you did you expect Kawhi to go down? Did you expect you know players like AD to go down? So you don't think a situation like that could happen where Utah can stumble and situation because matchups matter. And I yeah. think Golden State obviously we can agree is a bad matchup for them. We if the Clippers were healthy, obviously is a bad matchup. But I think if they run into a second round series with Phoenix, yeah. you know I think that's a great back-and-forth matchup that can go seven, whoever you want to go, Utah or Phoenix, obviously. But I think they match up in terms of Aiden, Gobert, Booker, you know, um, Donovan Mitchell, Chris Paul. He has injury concerns in the playoffs, just like Mike Conley. So that's that goes in hand. And I think matchup-wise, you know, you, you look at Utah, there's teams that go small, obviously, like you said, they, they, they can damage Utah because they don't have that wing defense, those guys in the perimeter. But teams that have a big, you know, I think those are teams that – Utah can match up with guys who don't have elite perimeter guys, like guys who have like guards and have bigs. I think those are teams Utah can match up with. And you never know. They can make a run. I'm not going to sit here and say they can't make the finals. Phoenix just make the final. I think Utah is maybe not better, but they're just as good as Phoenix. You touched on one point. What if a guy gets hurt, right? Last year, their backcourt is playing on like one leg um, and Donovan Mitchell and Mike Connolly being injured. At the same time, a top five, top six player in the league on the other end tore his ACL and yep. Kawhi Leonard, and uh, they lost four straight games. So my my, my thing my thing here is Mike Connolly's not getting younger. He's thirty four. Joe Ingles is older. They're neither of those two guys are getting younger. I'm worried about Mike Connolly's health certainly because once he goes down, who's going to carry that point guard load? Donovan Mitchell. But then it's like you're asking so much out of him. Can he be? He's been a superstar in the playoffs, yes, but he has to be even better than that because, like I said before. They're not like their offense is freaking awesome. One of the best offenses I've seen in my lifetime as a fan. The defense, though, on the perimeter is fundamentally broken because they just can't contain guys. Like, Rose O'Neill's nice. Boyan's all right. After that. But in that, oh. in that same series you're talking about, and trust me, I know I'm an advocate of the Clippers would have won the finals if Kawhi doesn't get hurt. Kawhi played up until game five, if I'm not mistaken. No, he got hurt in game four. He didn't play game five or game six. Conley didn't play until game six. They won two straight. They lost two straight. It was 2-2. Kawhi went down. But Mike Conley... Bro, they were up 26. No, I I get it. Mike Conley did not play the whole series. He didn't play like he didn't play. And Donovan Mitchell was on one. He talked about it. He was on one leg. He had to learn how to shoot jump shots because he was hurt. That same Clippers team that didn't have Kawhi took Phoenix to six games. 
Mm-hmm. So I'm saying Donovan Mitchell, you get a, and obviously health is a concern. Mike Conley has injury concerns, of course. But you get Mitchell healthy, you get Conley healthy. You can't say they can't make the finals because they haven't they haven't shown you at their best. Like last year was probably one of their best teams they had around Donovan Mitchell. They weren't healthy even the year before in the bubble. Mm-hmm. No boy, Bogey Bo- yeah. wasn't healthy, so they haven't really even been healthy enough to even even say that Utah is in a championship team because they haven't been healthy. They had their guys game six. They were up twenty six points. Oh no! Of course they but blew the game. They blew. The, they blew game six. Listen, I'm, I can't. And, I can't even. And you alluded to the wing play a little bit too. That's why I feel like the Suns have that advantage. You have Jay Crowder, Cam Johnson. You have Mikael Bridges. That alone is the advantage that I see from the Suns, and why I personally Wait, say those names again: Cam Johnson, what's Jay Crowder, the, what's, what's Mikael the Bridges. Advantage? Defensively. Oh, okay. That's that's my main reason why I can't lean Utah over the Suns. And I think personally, Utah... Un- Wait, but he, why though? Because Donovan Mitchell averaged 35 on the Clippers. So what can't he do Donovan against Mitchell's Phoenix? Donovan Mitchell is going to be fine. But you're saying defensively. I said defensively, You, you feel like Miles Bridges, Cam Johnson, or those guys can probably... They have the defense. Utah does not. Whoa. Huh? They have the defense on the wings. Utah to does stop not. Mitchell, right? Mitchell well, my thing probably Mitchell, put Mikel on him. Mitchell averaged 35. Curry struggles when Mikel's on him. Not saying that Curry's not going to get his. Mitchell averaged 35 on the Clippers who have Kawhi, Curry Paul George, one game. Pat Bev, He, he didn't have the Morris. greatest game on Christmas Day, though. It wasn't because of Miles. Yeah, like 30. It wasn't because of Miles. Well, he had a lot of points, but he was like 10 for 24. I agree. But he, I'm, I'm saying, the, saying the, the Clippers have better personnel on the wing. And Mitchell averaged 35 on a bad leg. Like a bad leg. So I don't think Phoenix's personnel isn't going to really change much for Mitchell. Did, did Mitchell get hurt middle of the series? I'm asking personally because I feel like the first two games, Mitchell was otherworldly. He got, it was game ankle, three, yeah. he yeah. came back down He's to He's been her. dealing with the ankle the entire year, though. Really? Last year, he okay. Was. Yeah, because right. he sat out. There was that big deal. Like, people want Donovan Mitchell into a bigger market, so they're, like, they're trying to like, create these stories when he sat out of game one. Everyone's like, wait, isn't he supposed to be playing? And it was with that ankle issue that sat him out the entire end of last year. Okay. Um, with the Mike Connolly point, you said if Mike Connolly can get healthy— are we confident in Mike Connolly being healthy in the playoffs? I'm personally Do we have not. faith in that? That's the thing that's like really... Utah hasn't been healthy for the past three playoff seasons. So it's really tough. But that's why it's really tough for me to really sit here and say they can't do this or they can't do that because they haven't been as healthy as a lot of teams that went to the finals, you know? They haven't I mean, been Suns, as healthy. Chris Paul really was in and out of that lineup, and, and they still had that playoff run. That's true. You that, know what I'm saying? Every that, team experienced some kind of injury issue. Giannis missed time in the playoffs, too. Trey Young missed time in the playoffs. Missed the game, though. Correct, but they still won that game. Mike Conley missed five games. No, for sure. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying every... No, for sure. He was relevant. I'm just saying every team dealt with some type of injury issues. And that's just the NBA playoffs as they they really are year in, year out. There's going to be the injury that completely changes the toll of a series, but it's about overcoming. That's really how you get to the the grand scheme of the NBA championship. Yeah, I I just don't think there's... Like, outside of maybe the Warriors... I don't think there's many teams in the West that you can say can just definitively beat down on Utah. It's just the Warriors. Yeah, I think it's the really Suns well, can, personally. I, I think, think it's a seven-game series. I think that's a Memphis, dog fight. Memphis would do a great job against them because they have so think, much spacing with Jaron Jackson Jr. playing well, they better just, they in the just rim protection. five smoked them. That same yeah. team. The, the, the same Memphis team, has just, the same team. Ah, last year. Have you more seen what Desmond now. Bain's done Correct. this year? Correct. Yeah, Correct. Have you seen how good he has been? Have you yes. seen what Dylan Brooks has been continuing to do? And yes. how much for like, Jaron Jackson Jr. was basically like a non-factor for Utah them in the series. Utah would beat them. 
and John Morant has gotten. It would better. be a good Utah series. Would they would. You. I would probably take Ja average thirty and ten next. But, but Ja really was the only shining player on Why that squad. There are a bunch like of different Utah guys. Utah like this. I'm like, not, because we've seen what Wait, happens. So can, when you throw I a small have, ball lineup at. So time. can Memphis beat Phoenix? No, I mean I don't think so. I have zero faith in Mike Conley staying healthy for a sixteen game minimum playoffs. Run. Okay, like I have fair. literally no faith. So in you, that. Th- so your faith is just strictly on Utah's health. It's not their ability. Well, on the perimeter, they have this. In order to win a championship, you need to cover up your holes. Number one, their point guard Mike Connolly's one of the most injury-prone players in the game. On the perimeter defensively, there's another huge hole because if he's not healthy, you have a severe disadvantage against teams like the Suns and the Warriors. Have these insane perimeter creators. Like, do you have faith in Royce O'Neal shutting down? No, Steph the Warriors Curry? will beat. The Jazz. It's okay. not a question. Well, what? The Suns, it's a seven-game series. Yeah. I mean, I don't, why are we disrespecting the Suns? They're, what about, they're arguably the best that's not team in the NBA. It is. It is. Because I feel like What's Utah... This, Utah, Utah wait, wait, lo- that, you guys keep talking about this these, is these wings. The Suns but, aren't on the Warriors level, bro. Huh? They are. You guys keep talking about they are. That's kind of crazy. No, it's not crazy, bro. They're not on their level. I know the record says otherwise. and James Wiseman haven't played a game yet. They're not on their level. They have not played a game yet. They haven't played a game yet. The okay. Warriors are different, bro. That is so whack. The Suns beat them that one time, then the Suns With, smoked them the next was two. Out the entire and then when he played, then, then the lost. Warriors smoked them the next two, bro. And, and Steph Curry correct. didn't have a lot of his guys. Wiggins wasn't there. Was Poole wasn't there. Yeah. That was a great W. Then Clay hasn't played. That was a Wiseman great W. Hasn't played, bro. So, it, it, did not it's play. the Warriors and everybody else in the West, bro. The Suns are closer. At the Warriors, are the best team in the NBA, sure. Correct. But the Suns are like they're closer to the Warriors because of their because they're the closer Suns, to the Warriors. The Suns they are winning those games because they play so great together and they have talent. But the Warriors, they played great together and they have overwhelming talent. It's going to be too much for Phoenix, bro. It's too much. Even with Denver, Jamal Murray coming back, I'm gonna come back to that point. And even Kawhi, if he comes back this year as well, I think the Clippers, if they have Kawhi, could easily beat Utah again. I think they can easily beat the Suns too, though. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about Utah before, though. I just want like, no, I think because I feel like God's making it seem like Phoenix has this overwhelming, like there's so much better than what? Utah. And you guys keep talking about this wing depth on defense, but what has it shown you in the playoffs that, that said they could go to the that, finals? Okay, now watch this. They played without Kawhi did not play that whole series. They won they, in six. Yeah, Kawhi did not play that whole series. And they six went, is they, a long series, and they went to war. And they, for they, no and, Kawhi, hold yeah. Now, hold on. Because that series is so funny to me. They didn't even they they, they went two, in six. Correct, correct. correct but let's correct. be honest. I agree. Paul George lost them a game. He did. So Paul George lost them one of the games, and, and then two of the games. Value. Two of the games was like it was close. Came down to the wire. So it's like that game was still a tug. You went to war with Paul George and Reggie Jackson. Those were the two guys you went to war with. So it's like the same guy Donovan Mitchell just went to war with by himself, like without his backcourt mate. So it's like it's just I don't understand this overwhelming wing depth with Phoenix when it hasn't shown you much in the playoffs. We've talked at length about the Jazz's issues, like the things that could hold them back from going to a championship. Championship, yes, but not beating Phoenix. What is Phoenix's? flaw like what is the issue with this team they don't have a flaw but they don't they they are great in a lot of things but they just don't have that talent to put them over the top They're like that the warriors have bro i think they're the best three and d player in the game in mikhail bridges deandre Ayton just entered his fifth season as well deandre Ayton, no he's not a dominant center i mean he's only gotten better recently but he's he like need, an all-star in order in order He's gotten better because the Suns are just a well-oiled machine. Because JaVale McGee, if he gets the same amount of minutes, is averaging more, bo- more than spot. Why are we trying that's to minimize DeAndre Ayton? DeAndre Ayton has to be DeAndre Ayton. He has to be more than three times in a row. 
He has killed the Warriors every time they have played, and they have not led the led a game in rebounding. They have not led the game like in points in the paint. They have not led the game in none of those. But DeAndre Ayton has killed them three times. Bro, in let, a me row. Ask let, let me ask you. Let me ask you. Let me ask you. It doesn't matter. Let me ask you. But besides free throws and a little bit of a mid range jump shot, what's the difference between DeAndre Jordan and DeAndre Ayton? He gets more opportunity. I'm, I'm being dead. At, I'm being dead serious. DeAndre Jordan, bro, really? Yeah. No, no, he meant, no. DeAndre Jordan, I mean like Clippers. Oh, okay. I mean Clippers. DeAndre Jordan. What? I'm sorry, my brain failed me. I thought for a second you were talking Javale McGee because I, I, I am on the same page with you. Javale McGee has done a great job in that that depth spot for the. No, yeah, yeah. Team he's team been son. awesome. DeAndre Jordan, though, I mean, he I was an All NBA player. Because like, defensively, but his <laughs> offense was limited. DeAndre Ian is his offense limited to you? I think he's not a great post post the look, player. The they don't need him to be that. But he has to in order for them to take the next. How do you step. beat the Warriors? And I mean, you, you talk him, about what? Yeah. Whoa! <laughs> hold def- up! Hold up! <laughs> yeah, that's it. You talk about Mike Conley. Chris Paul was hurt every single series. <laughs> but uh, he, and he his still shoulder, played, though. his shoulder against the Lakers, he was hurt. Versus the Clippers, he was hurt. Against Who they, the Nuggets, the, not that was just the only over it, and he was okay. that was the versus, best series versus the, the Nuggets. That was the only series he was 100 he percent healthy. And that then in the finals, he was hurt as well. We can't count on Chris Paul to stay healthy. Do question? you count on Chris Paul or do you count on Mike Conley? Because you easily side with Chris Paul. If Mike Conley is 100% healthy, him and Chris Paul are on the same I level. I disagree bro. wholeheartedly. Wait, what? That is yes, bonkers. That is bonkers. I got a question. That's not bonkers. I got a question. What did he say? He said, that, he said that uh, Mike Conley, when he's fully healthy, is on the same level as CP3. Absolutely not. Wait, right Paul, now? Right Paul, now? Right now, Paul is a much better player yeah. performer. Absolutely not. Can I, can I ask right something? Right now, yes, bro. When Mike Conley goes down, who's replacing him? Nobody. Well, maybe now Jared Butler. You you, you're about to tell me campaign, bro? Yes. What did you last year in the playoffs? Nothing. Nothing. Campaign's fine. Go ahead. Yeah. Bro, campaign good. only had one. He had that one great game against the Clippers and disappeared. But what about I mean, this he season? He wasn't great in the what finals. About, he won the game for them, though. Sure. That was big. For, and, that was yeah, a big he game. did win, but he, he wasn't great. And in the finals, he didn't do anything. And bro. this season, campaign's he been get them there. Okay, but what happens when you get there? Nothing. He didn't do anything. It's a ma- it's a lineup and Mikel Bridges. Yes, he's a great three and D player. We're also player. talking about one of the better defenses in the league. In Phoenix Milwaukee. also Phoenix also has to count on D book to be. Phenomenal as well. Bro. That but I agree. Utah that does agree. as well. Donovan Mitchell, but he will be. But I so think he will. He will. So will D-book. I, I think he D-book, will. D book has some discipline. He His was very percentage was, he was mid, inconsistent. But other than that, in certain series, he was very inconsistent. D book like when the Clippers. He let Pat Bev put him in absolute Pat jail. Bev is oh, we gotta talk about Pat though. Bev almost breaking his nose. I mean, that, that too. That, that hurts oh, a player. That is a fact. Like that does not help a guy's Kobe. I met no, he's not oh, Kobe. Yeah. But <laughs> that's that's where you get me when a little bit. When you bro. go to the rim next time, you got Pat Bevner no, back. I agree, you know I what yeah, I mean? No, so like that I didn't help D book as well, man. Like, that's just, another. Fact it's just sometimes there. when he disappeared. You know, he had some stretches where he wasn't good. Then he come up yeah. with a forty point game. Look, like, I think I think Phoenix, they're contenders. This is how I view the Western Conference. The Warriors are stand alone tier one. In the tier two, you have the Jazz, you have the Suns. And if Kawhi comes back, the Clippers are in tier two. But if they're not, they're not in there. Tier three I is every. Put them in tier one. What about Denver? Denver's tier three, bro. And nah, they get Jamal Murray not. back. They're yes, not. they they're got not. swept not by, by by hey, Phoenix. With all due respect. With Jamal, did you see the? It wasn't just Jamal Murray. Will Barton was hurt, and Will Barton's been their second best player recently. When you Jamal are, Murray comes back, no loves <laughs> the tier, bro. Tier three is Denver, Memphis. Who who else is in the West? Jamal, that's really Dallas it. Lakers. The the only the only. 
Lakers. You're right. Okay, I'll give you. I will this put Lakers respect. in tier two. Bottom. Lakers low, are tier two. I, I forgot. About I was them. wait. That's why I'm like. Just Hello? because you guys have LeBron, but your talent sucks. <laughs> tier three is Memphis. It's it's Denver and it's um I forgot who else I mentioned. You said Dallas. Dallas? Not Dallas. I think it's Minnesota, tier four. You're Minnesota boys. No, they're tier four. They're tier four. Oh, then that's pretty much. I it. think outside. Yeah, yeah. That's it's pretty much it. You have Memphis so, tier three. Or let, tier let me two? do this again. Yeah, please. Tier one is Golden State. They're in by themselves. They're in a space I alone. I think if Kawhi they're is healthy, renting out the, the entire second one. floor. Suns are not on tier one. No, that is disrespectful. The Warriors are on a different level than but that's Phoenix. Okay, you can. You don't still think say the Clippers would be tier one if Kawhi is healthy? Do you get the same Kawhi? No, I agree. You get the same Kawhi. they can't be Golden State, bro. I think they can go small, and then it gets nasty from there. Okay, can I finish, man? I'm sorry. Tier one is Golden State. They're standalone. I get that Phoenix has a similar record, but in the playoffs, I'm picking on Golden State 100%. Tier 2 is Phoenix, and it's Utah and Clippers if they have Kawhi. Tier tier 3 is Memphis and is Denver. Then Tier 5 is everybody else in the list. Where's LA? LA is Tier 2. Did I mention LA? I keep forgetting about I'm sorry. You guys are so forgettable. (laughs) Okay, Tier 2 is Lakers. It's really just LeBron. Just because of LeBron. And I don't even put you on Tier 3, bro. I really don't have faith in you guys at all. Everyone talks about Clay Thompson and James Wiseman being out for the Warriors. Yeah. Jamal Murray was a borderline all-star. Like, are we forgetting who he was in the bubble? He is literally one of the best scorers in the Premier League. You want to know what's a good defender? Years ago. I mean, he's how old is Clay Thompson compared to Jamal Murray? What's, look, at, look at Clay's game and look at Jamal's game. It's a fact. He's I mean, a plug and Clay's play. game is not Clay's really a plug and play. Clay hasn't played in two years. Jamal... It's been less than a year since he last played. I'm talking about Jamal specifically, not no, Clay. Of course. I just think Clay's game talk, is so... If we're going to talk about... No, that's what I'm saying. I think... You mean, MPJ was also huge. Everyone though. talks about... Yeah, I mean, everyone talks and about... he's not coming back this yeah, year. Yeah, I know. Everyone talks about Clay and Wiseman coming back, but we don't talk about Jamal Murray coming back. That's like my point here. Like, he was a borderline all-star. Last year was his best year after he tore it up in the bubble and he showed he can perform in the playoffs. He was the number two, the perfect Robin to Jokic. And then you have... Aaron Gordon, who you've been sleeping on behind the scenes a little bit. You've been sleeping on him. He's been good with Jokic. His awesome defense with okay, his offense Because Jokic's so going to make guys look better. That's how good Jokic but is. I know. Aaron Gordon's been good well, okay, with him. Okay, so you are a Denver fan. De- or Den- you, yeah, are. you are. You are. You are. No, no, no. No, you just sound like a Denver fan. Okay. Can the Nuggets beat Phoenix, bro? I think they could. I think they're in tier two. You think they could? I think the, sun, so the you, Nuggets you, are in tier you're two. You're telling me the Nuggets could? A healthy, a healthy Nuggets. You got to say that. I just want to make this. I just want to make this clear. You're telling me the Nuggets can beat the Suns, but you don't. You it sounds like from what you've been saying this entire time, Utah really has no chance against Phoenix. I view Utah as the third to sixth best team in the West in the playoffs. In the regular season, they're top three, yes. But in like a seven game series where teams can directly see, all right, this is your issue here and there, and they're just targeting that nonstop. And then Rudy go. You talk about the Jazz signing Rudy Gay so he could be that small ball five, right? That's so cool, right? Yeah. They have a small white side too. That was their third biggest issue. They. You didn't address the number one issue. What is Danny Ainge and Justin Zanuck, or what are they going to do in Utah to fix that one huge issue on the perimeter? You need to be able to stop guys. The West is star-laden. Steph Curry, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, all these guys, LeBron. You can't stop them with one leg, Mike Connolly or Boyan Bogdanovich. Well, yeah, that, that's why that's why Golden State is on a different level. That's, they can, star, they can Phoenix, stop though? Phoenix. What a, the only star on Phoenix, the only true star on Phoenix is D book, bro? Chris Paul. Chris Paul. Chris Paul is the floor general leader for Phoenix, but he's oh, not a superstar God. player, bro. He's not a top twenty player in the NBA. Chris Paul? 
It's not. He's not top twenty. He's leading the league no, in assists. No, bro, he's not. He's leading the league in assists. No, he's not. James Harden is above him in assists. No, he's not. No, he's not. No, he's not. And assists totals, maybe. No, James Harden leads the league in assists, guys. No, per, per game. Oh, no, no, yes, he per really game. Trust me, he doesn't. Can I per, actually, Chris Paul averages around like ten point four. Harden's around. James like is like, like eleven. No, he's not. No, he's not. He's not. No, he's at nine point eight. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Chris Paul, I think. Can I ask you? Can I ask you two a question? Because you guys keep saying Utah doesn't have this stopper. They're done. Who Phoenix's stopper? Are you serious? Mikel Bridges, Bridges, Jay Crowder, Cam about? Johnson. DeAndre Ayton okay. was so good for Mikel the playoffs. Mikel ain't stopped Middleton. Middleton was cooking him. Mikel ain't stopped yeah. PG either. So what are we doing here? What, like, what are we doing here? Like, honestly, like I'm, now I'm getting upset. What are we doing here? The same guy who was cooking Rosalie Neal was giving Bridges and Jay Crowder the business. Cam Johnson, the business. So what, what this so stopper... What like hell? Bridges has only gotten better. That was his first time in the playoffs. You know what I mean? Fair. Like that's fair. that plays a, I mean, that's that fair. plays a role. That's fair. I, okay, I can see that. Okay, we also that. have seen in the past that you know just because you perform in your first time in the playoffs doesn't mean you're going to do it again. Peachy average. He What's shot Mikel getting twenty nine percent from three, forty two from the field. He he you, just. You who are you talking about? Volume. What are you, Paul George? What are you talking about? You, thought, you watched the series. You really thought it was because again of because he had the volume is why he had the point totals that he did. His efficiency was garbage. You think it was because of Bridges? Did you watch the series? Why, who else would it be? They gave a plethora of schemes at him because he was the primary option. First of all, th- those numbers is very because he had two sh- bad games in the in that playoff series. Not because not because of Bridges, he was missing wide open shots. He was just missing shots. The whole Clippers team in Game Five, I believe, no Game Four in Los Angeles, the game that went down to the wire, they were missing wide open shots because they were they, their legs were dead because they played about 10, 12 games in like. 14 days. They were literally tied. It was back-to-back seven-game series in round one, then a six-game series in round two. Phoenix was, they swept the Nuggets, so they had a lot of help. They, they had a lot of, you know what I'm saying? They Time had a lot of energy. Back. That's what I'm saying. It wasn't because nobody was really stuck. He had 36 to, in Phoenix, game one. I'm not one. saying he didn't have great games. And then, and then, and then he had a highlight game on game five. He's Paul George. He should have a game. That's what I'm saying. Like It wasn't like... Like this stop for a Phoenix thing, like that's what I'm talking about. Utah, though, like like Utah's issues, like no matter how you want to spin it, Utah is yeah. much worse defending on the perimeter than yes, Phoenix. They have issues, but Phoenix and Utah. Okay, I just want to ask you this: If they face in the playoffs, what's the series going to? Hell, Utah and Phoenix. Yes, I think anything less than six is disrespectful. It, it, I agree. It's, it's totally dependent on context. Is Mike Connolly healthy? Because Chris Paul healthy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd rather have campaign than Trent Forrest slash. Jared Butler running my offense. I don't know. Right? Jared Butler can be just well, as good. I'd as rather have. Well, what has Jared Butler shown you this year? He hasn't gotten minutes, but he can be wait, wait, just why? as good. But he wait, can wait, just be good because, as campaign. Because be, you know what the problem is. Oh, am I taking Jordan Clarkson or campaign? Jordan Clarkson. Not even that. You know what the problem is? What you're saying? If Mike Conley is even playing. I think what's good about that is that now Joe Inglis is not becoming a starter, and now they have a a guy who they have Inglis and Jordan Clarkson coming mm-hmm. off the bench. Those are two of the most dangerous players coming off the bench in the league. And that's better than Campaign and Cam Johnson and whoever oh else. My. Ingles, what? Ingles might also what? be traded. Joe Ingles is better than Campaign. He might man. also be traded as well by the Dallas Cowboys. Clarkson is way better than every bench player on Phoenix. Easily. Like, it's not even close. Cam Johnson Cam, thank is you. the two way product. Here. Like, Jordan Clarkson's a bad defender. He's not helping Utah on that end of the floor. He's, but he's helping you. Rudy Gay's so probably much just as good as Cam Johnson. But what happens when Jordan Clarkson's not hanging his shots? <laughs> no, in it's, it's a fact. Mm, that's tough. That's tough. Is Rudy Gay just as good as Cam Johnson? Yes. He's as just good as good. Cam Johnson, Rudy Gay. Rudy Gay, Gay? Yes. Rudy Gay is like he's nice. I, I don't know. I mean, he's getting older as well. He's another campaign or Cam Johnson, excuse me. He's getting better. And Rudy Gay is how old? Thirty six. You know what I mean? But I don't oh, think that's ludicrous. They're the same. But like, they're on the same level, though. I mean, that's the point is, by the end of the season, do you expect Rudy Gay to sustain this like 
and he hasn't been awesome this year in Utah. The thing is, he's been dealing with injuries, and he's getting older. Like, he's not getting better. We, we, Cam need, Johnson a, we need a Utah and Phoenix matchup. We yeah. gonna, I think it's going to happen. I think it, it's going to happen. I'm sick of this. It's it's in a, I think in the second round. It's and I can't wait possible. till Donovan just completely dominates Booker, and I'm just going to come I mean, right now, Phoenix is two, Utah's three. They're, they're, going, to, they're going to meet. I like the Clippers Nuggets. Maybe Nuggets. I think the Clippers are more likely to win a championship than the Nuggets. But like, see Denver. Denver and Utah are like in the same playing field for me. Yeah, so we're going to cut this episode short because we all have New Year's Eve stuff to get That's to. That's a fact. Tomorrow is January 1st, and we want to give you guys a, a huge shout-out for such an amazing year. This year's been amazing. Happy New Year's Eve to all you guys and your family. Happy New Year's to all of you. We have merch dropping on PickAsidePodcast.com. It's going to be a PickAside shirt right now. And it says pick a side. It's our logo, but, but without the circle. It just says pick a side. If you go on the website, you can see it. It'll be up next week. Yes. Next week. The shirts. Okay, it's up next week. The shirts are what? How much again? It's $25. You get in a white, a gray, a black. It says pick a side in black letters. I believe white letters for the black tee. It looks really cool. $25. And again, they're only going to be up for a limited time. Once the shirts are gone, we're going to drop hoodies, but the shirts will be making a return in the future. So if you miss out on the shirts, unfortunately, it's going to take some time for they come back and make an appearance. Yes. And you can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Pick Aside Podcast, on Twitter at Pick Aside Pod. And please make sure to follow our Twitter. We got to get that we number that. up That's there. The we we got to start jumping. That's the one. And while you're at it, you know, we have our at names in the bio Drew's, mine. Riv has no Twitter. We're working on that. Trust me. <laughs> TBD, JC's. So, yeah, you know, drop a follow for us as well. You're down with Twitter or something, man. Yeah. Thank cool. you guys for an amazing year. We're ending this stream short. This is the shortest Pick a Side episode Ever? in probably like a year. That's crazy. Yeah. So, thank you guys so much for listening or watching, and we'll see you next time. This is Kirk Henderson from Pod Maverick, a Dallas Mavericks podcast. In case you didn't know, the show you are listening to right now, as well as my show, is part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Blue Wire was founded in 2018 on the concept that independent podcasts would be more successful if they worked together. Today, Blue Wire has grown to feature 300 shows led by former athletes, media professionals, and passionate fans. Over the past few years, Blue Wire has privately raised over $10 million to expand their team, podcast network, and business operations. Now they're raising another round on WeFunder. WeFunder is a crowdfunding service that connects startups with investors. It's a cool platform that gives everyone the opportunity to be part of a growing startup. You can invest for as little as $100. In other words, you don't have to be a millionaire to invest in cool companies on WeFunder. BlueWire is raising money to expand their sales team and improve operations, which will in turn help this show continue to grow. If you'd like to be part of the BlueWire investment round or want to find out more information, go to wefunder.com slash bluewire.